Hey, y'all, Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just wanted to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grows Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to DudeGrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grows Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's up, everybody? Episode 48, Dude Grow Show. How you doing, Scotty? Yeah, man. Doing great. Yeah, Excellent, yeah. sir. All right, all right. Getting a little hyped up here myself on some yerba mate. Yerba mate. But, uh, yeah, guys, episode 48, if you don't know, Dude Grow Show out of Denver, Mile High. Number one podcast here teaching you to grow your own and uh, keep it real. And, man, let's celebrate. There's more places you can grow your own now. Alaska, Oregon. I don't know about the District of Columbia. I know yeah, they legalized man. it, but I don't know if they they let you grow there. I don't know, man. We, we better we better do some research, man. I did some reading. You can grow in Alaska and you can grow in uh, Oregon, so that's that's sweet. Hell yeah, that is awesome, man. You know, it's, it's just slowly but surely, man. They're knocking them down, brother. Yeah, definitely. I wish it wasn't so slowly, though. The surely, you know though. I, I'm glad it's slow, man. I'm some subscribing to that decriminalization deal, man. You know, what do you mean? If think of what happened with prohibition, they just one day said it's totally legal to manufacture booze again and sell booze, and all of a sudden the Monsantos of the world. I keep I hate to keep on harping on that and bringing them up, but they're just my <laughs> they're they're my name for the big corporations of the world, you know. But those guys all got involved and squeezed the little guys straight out. So you want to see the grassroots spread a little slower. I don't want to see all the guys that built this industry get squeezed straight out. And instead of it being a really cool industry, have it turn into an industry full of, you know, hey, yeah, we drug test you and you either work for Kraft Foods or you work for Arthur Daniels Midland Corporation. doesn't matter. They they all manufacture pot and they manufacture whatever, you know, Kraft macaroni and cheese. Which line are you working on? I I don't want to see it get to that point. I love the cool cottage industry it is right now it's a craft industry and it's cool uh i will see i oh man it's hard i don't want to depress anybody it's celebratory time i don't know if we'll stay that way but it's just good to see less people getting in trouble for the plants hell yeah now i am all about less people getting in trouble for wheat man i mean ain't nothing stupider than going to jail for wheat especially a little bit of weed yeah no i totally agree um Let's uh, skip a quick preview of the show today here. Uh, of course, we've got uh, coming up what's growing on, uh, some interesting, 
what's been what's been growing on in our lives out there? Yeah, yeah. man, I definitely got some good stuff growing on, man. I mean, there is so much good outdoor, man. Don't get me started. Man. Yeah, All I right. heard I got a good story about a friendly a friendly sheriff visit. Got the the sheriff visiting a grow, and it was a really good interaction. So I'll give some details on that. That's definitely uh, I don't know. Still, when you put the word sheriff and grow in the same word, it's or sentence, it gives you a little bit of chills. You know what he wanted, right? Want to score some pot? <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, what else we got going on here? Uh, I see. I said going on, not growing on. <laughs> People love that, man. We get emails from folks all the time that say that, man. What's growing on? Some featured product and talk coming up here. Coming at you here out of, out of way to grow. Grab some sh- uh, product off the shelf out there. Some pH adjusters I want to go over. Some dry ones, some liquid ones. Yeah, we have some pH adjuster drama, man. So yeah. Let's da- get to it. And grow talk. A uh, little bit of uh, optic foliar, man. Optic foliar is... Uh, coming on board i'll say as i am being i'm trying some things so i've tried about two other products now and straight up just going to start giving reports and i mean we are a podcast and since day one's really pushed full your feeding and like it in all its forms so wanted to see what all their products are about we have dinesh coming on the show to uh have a little interview and and learn about a few of his products yeah i'm definitely interested in trying those i'm definitely feeling i've actually like i told you i got that fogger last week or a couple weeks ago and just been ripping it every three or four days, just <laughs> ripping through about a gallon. Ripping of, the fogger. Yeah, and it's awesome. No bugs anywhere because it's just an unfair. Every three days, they're getting a hurricane, man. Who the hell wants to stay there? Yes, yes. News coming up, of course, man. Good news. We, we, we always try to cover a little bit of news, good and bad. But, man, that, that's the good news today. Some more legal states. Um, out here in uh, Denver, there was some news of a few raids on so-called uh, legal commercial gardens. Getting to <laughs> a little bit of that. And then after the news, Grow Talk, where you guys can chime in over at DudeGrows.com and just send us straight up right there your comment or question. We're pulling them off there. We're getting back to people better, better too, Scotty. I got back to a few listeners just sending them an audio clip. Yeah. Hey, you know, I've been commenting. I go on the, you know, I take a look on the uh, shows and comment on them. I was on 47, started talking some stuff about uh, my buddy Derpity Derp 420 out there. Love that guy, man. But he was talking about some uh, 110 versus 220. And we were just bullshitting out there. And just anybody that knows, if I'm commenting and I'm bullshitting with you, man, don't mind me, man. I just talk like I do know you and like we are friends, man. So if we're talking shit, man, <laughs> don't don't mind Scotty Real, man. I really do appreciate it. Just talk it. shit back. Yeah, I just do good. talk shit, man. And you know what I mean? So I, I think some people get, like, freaked out by it. I love talking to people out there, man. If Scotty Reel's full of shit, man, let me know, man. Tell me how I'm full of shit, man. It's all good, brother. You're full of shit. All right. <laughs> after after all that, we got you know what is going on in Argros. So little little preview, man. I had obviously there's some outdoor harvesting going on with where the temps have gotten in Colorado, and uh, the the exciting thing is the indoor is pretty much in full force. Bedroom full fully going, environment perfected. So I'm gonna get into that a little bit. You you got a preview, Scotty? Anything good? out of your grow oh uh, yeah i got a lot of good shit going on in my grow man a lot huh you know man i'm pretty much dialed in with the cannabis you know i'm only allowed to grow six plants in veg and six plants in flowering so i kind of get bored in there so I, I got my new pl- my new harvest going and i'm starting to think what i can do in the little spaces in between god damn it veggies ain't expensive man i'm gonna start growing me some some different things and in, in the little spaces in between. I got so much dead space. I even right. put some shelves and whatnot. 
That can so, be tough, but you got to just pick the plants that, uh, yeah, take that, like, medium light well. Cause I all know your peppers primary do real well, man. So I'm going to grow some really cool, you know, heirloom peppers and some super hot, some shit that you can't buy right. in the store. I'll get into that with you a little bit there. I love peppers. I'm a hot sauce freak, as if you will get called out. I'm kind of almost to that burnt out point, though. Somebody warned me, like, eventually, dude, your stomach's going to give out. And, I mean, it's not giving out yet, but I now I'm finally getting what they're talking about. Right. Swigging hot sauce since I was, like, 16. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, but just just trying to step it up a little bit. I've always said that if you want to be a great grower, grow a lot, you know? So if you're only limited to growing six plants, I mean, I've grown these plants forever. It's getting boring. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to grow some super hot, some uh, peppers. I'm going to uh, see about some. I'd like to set up, you know, on the walls. We've got all this light on the walls that, you know, decent, you know, not super highlight, but decent. We'll see if I can get me like a, a tomato that'll do well, like an, an ever-bearing cherry tomato. Wouldn't that be cool to always be able to go down to your, your garden to pick a few cherry tomatoes for your salad? Yes, that would be top-notch. It would yeah, be man, very I just, healthy. I want to make it more of a garden, you know, that has some weed plants in it and less of, a, you know, just, just a pot garden, you know, a pot farm. All right, all right. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. And, uh, oh, I thought we were getting into it. Man. Halfway, oh, halfway. man. I want to get into it, I'm man. almost finishing the preview. <laughs> this is the preview? Hell yeah, this is the preview. Hey, I want to say something, man. We smoke true one-hit weed, man. Are we in what, what kind of weed we're smoking yet, man? <laughs> Why don't we go there real quick? Because I think it threw you for a loop a little bit, man. I think you're... God damn, If, if man. it seems slightly off on this beginning of 48, it's, I blame Scotty. <laughs> I blame uh, the one-hit weed we smoked about 20 well, minutes ago. There we go. Ago. Well, let's God get into it. what we're smoking real quick. Come on, quick, what kind then? of weed are you smoking, homie? <laughs> I am... Uh, well, we just did... What the fuck did you do to me, uh, man? I'll let you... <laughs> I'll describe what it was that we just pre pre one hit a little bit. I you know after harvesting I, I try to keep my scissor hash, which is just taking a razor blade and scraping. Right, I'm the, starting uh, to get a clearer picture now. The, the the dryness off or the gooiness off your scissors, and that was like scissor hash from like two or two or three different types of you know genetics mixed up. And then I just to give it the right consistency, sprinkled uh, some LSD made uh, dry ice extraction hash in there so it was really just like you know what my own caviar mix i guess you'd say yeah i'll call it the the uh the, the spicy tuna mix i don't know but it was really potent and i warned warned mr real here it's so, not the kind of shit you smoke at work man <laughs> yes and we are at work too <laughs> it's not work <laughs> but yeah it, it it definitely uh definitely was heavy before that what i was smoking what i officially came to talk about was my flowberry harvested from outdoll it was nice, very good. There was a uh, somebody that told me still all the time, man. People, unless you're dealing with like really experienced uh, person with genetics, you hear so many different things. Because I told another grower, showing him outdoor garden, I'm like, and this is my flowberry. I'm gonna take down, and he's like, no, no, no way, that's flowberry. And I'm like, dude, I got the cut from you. Like you told me it was. <laughs> So a little bit of confusion there, and then, but and after I got it down and 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 dried, and I still about halfway cured cured now. Right. But of course, I had to dab in just a little and toked a bowl, and the the flavor and the smell to me was unmistakable of hints of berry, hints of berry with. I was like, that's got to be the flow berry. It tastes so good. Well, what what is the berry? That's flow and blueberry. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know if it would be flow blueberry. It was just flow berries from was what I know as far as what I call it. Oh. 
Don't is that like a snozzleberry? Somebody will correct me, just like when I was calling the island sweet skunk the uh, sweet island sweet skunk. island sweet island skunk. There you go. All right, so uh, yeah, how do you like the effects? Do you have any review of your one-hit uh, hash scissor yeah, hash I mean, ice I, extraction hash hash mix? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it the heavy man. That shit is heavy. <laughs> you know, it's just man it expanded my lungs out like crazy, choked the hell out of me, and I'm used to smoking <laughs> wax, man. Yeah, I got you going on what's going on in your grow, and that's that's the end of the show, man. Jeez, Scotty's all over the place, but that, <laughs> now you know why. Now we've updated you. All right, I'll get my shit together, man. All right, so uh, let's go yeah, take it a little bit longer here before break. It's getting into officially, officially not the preview of what's growing on, what's growing on. All right. Uh, a couple things. Let's give a quick uh, what's growing on with our website. We're getting some good comments in over there. We got a new contributor, the Cap'n. So, uh, yeah, the captain is, is, is running our blog these days, man, and he's, he's a badass, man. Dude. We are so glad to have him, man. Welcome, yeah. brother. We're going to cover some of the uh, – he contri- had an article that he contributed about how to harvest, trim, and cure. So, and, yeah, you know, so awesome a- pictures, great information, man. Go on over there and you know, leave some comments, man. Yeah, definitely. I'll get into it with you. One of the comments I wanted to cover had this guy, Rome. Rome commented on uh, – because you can comment on each episode, too, of course, if you'd like. On episode 46, when in doubt, check out Dude Grow Show out. <laughs> because you boys keep saving me money and i was like sweet dude like that's what i like to hear in this industry with all the the, the money that can be wasted i love to hear that we're saving people money i'll take yeah. it yeah cutting through the bullshit man yeah exactly uh the other thing that was growing on this past week my neighbor uh ran into my in my hvac tech there todd got a report there's he was doing some work over at a house and the guy had a lot of out, like not a lot, but enough outdoor plants. I'm, I think he had like twelve, like his legal amount or something. Right. But all in full bloom and like end of the season, so the odor was crazy. <laughs> so the neighbors called the sheriff on him because they didn't like the odor. So they showed up to check everything out, and I I think what they do is they give you twenty if because people can complain about odor too, which kind of outdoor it can be hard to take control of, which kind of sucks. Oh man, there's places where I'm walking around you know i'm just like <laughs> walking your dog at like at like at midnight when there's no air movement and yeah like, and i mean it should be funny they should have like on video camera because people walk by and i guarantee you they do that you know the head bob thing where they're what, what? the double take <laughs> and then then they start smelling around like you can tell when somebody's going smelling around it's funny as hell man so yeah and it's like on like a 12 or 15 foot area well, that's what got the sheriff here, and so, I mean, the plants are ready to come down outdoors, so the guy just agreed, yeah, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'll just take them down, I'll just take them down for harvest, no big deal, also had to grow in multiple rooms indoors, but all of his count was in check, he said that the sheriff was, like, all so respectful and whatever, and unbelievably friendly uh the way they handled themselves and everything I, I don't know what county it was in i should know but uh and in the end it was all good he had to take down his outdoor just because i mean what are you going to do get a couple huge ass can filters for you know a couple days it to handle work, man. yeah it's not, yeah, it wouldn't work good at all so keep that in mind if you're going outdoor you're gonna you're, make sure your neighbor's okay with a little bit of odor because it's, it's gonna happen yeah i would think about releasing a bunch of skunks in the neighborhood really cause some <laughs> there confusion you, you know there you go it's the, yeah, definitely it's the skunk or you got to get just get skunk roadkill every once in a while and throw it out in front of your street and be like see it's a skunk <laughs> man 
I like my idea better. <laughs> so that was that was good to hear, man. I think most police officers have better shit to do and realize that they don't want the paperwork for a little grow. I mean, yeah. One thing on a, a larger scale maybe, but, man, these people, are, they got, you know, go bust some meth, take care of some serious problems, and that's what they like to do typically, to my knowledge. Man, me and a buddy were lamenting about Florida, how they just can't really get their act together. Florida didn't get the 60% of the vote they needed to legalize medical marijuana, let alone recreational. I mean, recreational, they didn't even have on the ballot, man. And it, it was pretty close, though, man. It was 58% that they got. 58% of the people wanted medical marijuana, and it's still lost, man. What the hell is that? That is pretty weird. But we were talking today about how many people profit from keeping marijuana illegal. And it was crazy, man. You know, from when you get pulled over with a roach in your ashtray, you know, the cop gets it, has an extra job or, you know, gets to sit around doing a whole bunch of paperwork, getting paid his good salary to do it. And God love cops, man. I, I got no problem with them. But I'm sure that they would rather be sitting around doing paperwork on a, a minor weed bust than going out and kicking the door through a meth lab, man. You know, I mean, it's just, it makes sense, man. <laughs> I work too, man. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it depends. But how about all the peripheral people? You know, the, the people that process the urine samples and, and piss tests for $150. The people on probation, the courts, the lawyers, yeah. all the people that work for them. We were trying to figure out why people were not voting for it. And there's so many people that will profit. That's that's livelihoods. Uh, really count on this plant staying illegal from the hustlers, man. The hustlers don't want to see it go legal, man. They don't want to have to compete with freaking stores. You think the hustlers go do some lobbying? No, but I, I'm just—I was trying to figure out. You, you know, you sit there and scratch your head. I mean, I wasn't for the the Florida law because it didn't allow home grows, but I really felt for you know some people that were calling me up saying damn man you know we just can't get it together here you know i'm still a criminal for smoking a joint and if i get caught with a bag of weed i'll get fired from my job and you know i knew someone that got caught with 11 plants and in florida and literally the guy told him you're probably going to jail for you know about six months, you know, you'll get a year, you'll do four to six months. And the guy was like, how do I tell my mom? What do I do with my stuff in my car? He was a legitimate, he had a job of 10 years. Yeah, that's jacked. For growing 11 plants and just wanting to have his own kind bud that he knew what went into it. Yeah. It's fucking insane, man. I, I agree. I mean, I guess that's part of the uh, motivation to take those risks down there because that type of illegality keeps the profit insane yeah, but all these people you know all my buddy wanted was to be able to smoke good clean weed where he knew where it came from not pay 120 dollars a quarter for something that was probably sprayed with eagle 20 oh yeah and then hardened hardened off and vacuum packed down to ruin all the decent qualities of a nice you know bag appeal and oh, yeah. the funniest thing he told me is that there is Everything that's available in Colorado is available in Florida. Like it reminded me of like these edible companies. Remember we were talking about stocks last week and they have you can buy stock in these companies that make edibles and these big factories that make edibles. Well, the yeah. only reason those guys are doing awesome is because they're making edibles for the entire country right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they put them in a chocolate. I don't know how the fuck they get them out. But all I know is that 
you can get the you know you can get the cartridges, you can get the high quality oil and shatter. That's all what, over the yeah, country, man. We were mentioning before maybe that you were going to track down some of those. Uh, the, what was the brand of those? The Verso pens? pens, man. The Verso pens yeah, for some of our man? listeners. And I had a, I was like, how the? That's not going to help the guy. Typically, let's say you know the guy in Ohio. Hey, here's your Verso pen. What's he going to put in it? I don't know, brother. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. You're probably right. You have to either have or this cartridge base. Like you have to make your. They probably sell a pre-filled cartridge here, but. Otherwise, you have to make your own, like, BHO or some shit, right? Yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah, you, no. just, you just go out <laughs> in your apartment balcony, man. It's cool. I heard if you just leave one of your windows open, you're all good. <laughs> man. Please stop blowing each other up, people. Or the, my, my, my official position is, is the dude grows is not a fan. Not a fan of the butane. Right. But I agree because there's a shitload left over butane in it afterwards, man. Unless you do a really good job, man, when there's only a little left over butane in it, man. People people could do their own thing. Do your own thing, people. Absolutely, man. There's guys making good. Just make good quality shit, man. I love my buddies that have extractors and, and make me great, great wax out of my trim. But just do a good job, man. Yeah. Ward, let's uh let's Oh hey, up. I got one more thing, man. Get it. Get it. What do you got? You know, man, you kinda got me thinking a couple days ago, man. I was burnt I'm burning out some of my uh some of my sands. I don't think I can say you banned me from saying absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So for a little I mean, at least two two more shows. Yeah, the dude went out and no, the dude actually didn't do anything, man. Scotty went out and got him a soundboard, man. So I'm going to try to step it up a little oh, bit, shit. make y'all laugh, and uh, I found a couple pretty funny sounds, man, so you might hear me dropping some. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, some all right. some we'll good see, shit, man. So We'll see how well you do with your soundboard. Yeah, today. if it drives you fucking nuts. If you guys well, want to complain, feel tell free. Tell the dude about it, man. Complain, address it to Mr. Real, and tell him what you think <laughs> of the soundboard. We're trying, guys, man. Uh, this podcast has been really fun, and I made a ton of friends and gotten a ton of just benefit from it so i'm trying to make it better we're, we're trying to make it better so if it sucks we will uh adapt and overcome my friends <laughs> well let's get ready to take a break and don't forget if you guys are out here in colorado you know support the people that support us we're coming at you out of way to grow here coming to any seven stores almost soon up in Silverthorne. yeah man hey we're gonna be visiting those stores like frequently too man we're gonna start making the rounds seeing like everybody wants a month over there so we're gonna start announcing our tour dates man you gotta come check us <laughs> out man come the, hang the dude grow show tour yeah come bring your one hit shit man see what you got <laughs> if you visit any of those stores use the dude grows account you guys will get a badass discount now i'm rhyming i'm out not out yet uh and uh yeah get the bulb deal man still going all the time you're around 59 dollar no i think it was 60 maybe it's 59 yeah 60 dollar hortilux thousand watt hps just tell me you want the dude grows deal on that bulb and kick yep. it out uh and otherwise just enjoy some good knowledge from a heck of a staff that we've had a few of the guys on the show and most everybody over there knows what the hell they're talking about with the grow. Hell yeah, man. Especially Courtney. I'll give a shout out to Courtney up there in Fort Collins. Yeah, man. We're actually going to get him talking about he's using the organic camera line and just. Bioterra? Is that what it's called, I believe? I don't know. Pretty it's sure. It's called the Diggity Dank, man, because the shit he's growing has so much flavor, man. Shit, yeah. 
Nice. Yep. Word of I want to learn some tricks from him, man. He said there's definitely some tricks too, man. We're going to take a break here, and we're going to be back with uh, let's do the featured products of the show of two, and then we'll get into some more news, some more political news. Try and keep Scotty off a soapbox for too long. Hey, is the official product recharge, man? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, hope not. <laughs> simmer down, simmer down. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Dude, gross. Cool, man. Hey, y'all, it's Scotty Real here talking about recharge, and if you don't know, Recharge is my shotgun blast of organic goodness that takes the guesswork out of growing great herb. What makes Recharge unlike any other product in the store is my soil biology. Each gram of Recharge has over 400 million CFU of living soil bacteria that act like billions of tiny little stomachs, voraciously eating and delivering nutrients to the plant, all nicely wrapped up in this delicious organic package. The results are serious dank flavor and crazy strong and vigorous plants. And if you don't believe me, just ask Courtney. Doing this talk with this brother is just highlighting the good essence of Recharge. Now that's what I'm saying. So go on over to realgrowers.com and check out Recharge. You'll be glad you did. Yo, yo, we're back. What's up, growers, growers, and burners? Uh, let's get into, uh, yeah, some featured products. Um, I'm kind of liking our new today, or a little bit of our, the other studio space here. We're in the uh, the pepper grow room. Yeah, I'm right like, next to the... whole bunch of pepper plants behind me under plasma and a 315 kicking. It's nice. The extraction room over here at Way to Grow Central Store is just getting set up and perfected, and it'll probably look pretty sweet when it's done. If you're into all that, they got ovens and shit in there. Yeah. But let's talk about some pH adjusters first. And uh, we're going out there and grab the few off the shelf. And I'm no expert by any means in this area, but I can tell you. All right, let's start from, you know, we're always accused of not really uh, uh, being good about starting with the basics, man. So what are the basics? I mean, the basics are that you adjust your pH so that the nutrients are absorbed. The nutrients are absorbed through a range of pHs. I'd say, you know, different nutrients are absorbed at different pHs from about 5.5 five up to, I don't know, about 6.3, 6.5, I would say. No, yeah. 5.5 five to 6.5, six, 6.8 six, even. If you're in soil or hydro, I mean, you know, hydro, you can roll, uh, I've seen anywhere people feed different feed charts recommending like 5.2 up to 5.8, but usually never up to 6, typically I would see in hydro. Yeah, and just to be real basic, uh, pH is a scale from what? Is it 1 to 10? Is that what it is? I believe so. Yeah, we're, we're not chemists, guys. I don't even think <laughs> I, I never even made it to chemistry. I just look at friend. my blue lab meter and you know calibrate it once every about 10 days, and life is good. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, but the, lo- the lower, the more acidic, the higher, the more basic, they, they call it. Yeah. pH up, you're, you know, you're using to make it more basic. Uh, pH down, you're using to make it more acidic. Correct. All right. Going to school. Uh, what range do you water in your cocoa at? You know, man, I really, I really don't give a shit about pH because I got so many microbes in there. Those microbes are eating whatever I put in there. Those microbes work at a real wide range of pH. Uh, and well, then, and you have a basis probably that you're like, you're pretty sure you know, like I'm nine be- out of ten times, if you stick your meter in there, it's where you'd want it to be. Yeah, uh, just from five a- five and six five. Just from using the consistent products like your can of A and B. Yeah, definitely. But what really raises pH is when you use a lot of silica. And I'll always start with a lot of silica. So that'll raise my pH up to 6.5 a lot of times, 6.6, even 6.8. Nice. Real high pH or real low pH is dangerous. Right in the middle is is pretty darn safe. You know, anywhere from 5.5 to... 6.5 is pretty darn safe. I fluctuate, too. I water in my peat 
slash cocoa soyless mixes at even cocoa. I'm, I'm doing my veg in cocoa right now, cocoa only for the Ooh. first time. And I think I am seeing that accelerated growth. But uh, 6 to all the way up to uh, sometimes the water net 7. I fluctuate through that whole range. Like you said, I'm not too concerned because, again, my yeah, I'm always inoculating with the uh, – Living soil microbes, and they're doing a lot of the a lot of the good work for me. Yeah, and the concept behind that is that the microbes I- ingest or solubilize all these minerals, and it's the minerals normally would have to be absorbed straight by the plant roots at a very specific pH range. That's why it's really important. But the microbes will eat them at a really uh, non-specific pH, you know, really wide pH range. So the trick is you load your soil up with microbes. You let those guys eat the nutrition and then they have organic chelators that deliver meaning they they claw their way into the root zone and deliver deliver that stuff so that nutrition all right you guys want me to get scotty off the microbe talk and back to ph talk <laughs> well, all right, the point is, is that ph uh all right go <laughs> uh, no i that's a good point you know it depends on what you're using well, here, here's the point is that i don't use ph up or down because i use microbes to control my ph instead man or silica, you know, which isn't only a pH up, but, but yeah, has but I'm other not attributes. Up, I'm not up there balancing. He's, oh, I need to raise the pH. So let me put a little more silica in here, you know? No, man. I'm saying, all right, my reservoir is at 6.5. I'm good to go, man. Yeah. And we have, uh, we definitely will get into a little more in depth. We had a, a great grower comment question coming up in Grow Talk. But as far as some brands, um, I've been using for a while the Earth Juice Natural Up and Natural Down, which from what i understand is their most simple and these are dry dry powders the natural up is the uh potassium bicarbonate and then the natural down is citric acid and i like the dry powders are real easy to deal with some ph up and downs especially man i don't even know i didn't even see any advanced nutrients ph ph up and down on the shelf here that stuff was so concentrated like if you got it on your fingers or clothes it was just like oh shit like a little bit of a biohazard for a minute well i mean they're acids you know i mean they've got i remember back in the day i used to have to try to become friends with the the guys because they would mix it themselves they would just go buy citric acid and and they would just mix it themselves so if you were real nice to them they wouldn't put a whole bunch of water in it (laughs) but yeah it burned the shit out of you it's an acid well that's great for commercial grower mixing up like hundreds of gallons but uh I, to my knowledge, the earth juice, natural up and downs, the dry powders, I was taught were friendlier with any of your, your biologicals. It's If you're worried about putting in a harsher acid or uh, some of these other liquid ones, I think they can have, right, like when you pour that tablespoon in, I feel like I'm visualizing that it's harming the, the, or killing some of potentially if I'm watering in beneficials with that pH adjustment. But I'll have to say when I'm watering in organics and beneficials, I'm typically not, you know, pH adjusting a ton. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the amount that you're putting in. If you're putting in a whole shitload of this stuff, you know, you've got a two-gallon watering container and you put a whole bunch of, of pH down. And I'm just picking up, I won't give the name of this one, but I'm reading the ingredients of this pH down. And it controls, uh, it contains phosphoric acid, citric acid, and monoammonium phosphate. You know, so if you're dumping a ton of that, you know, onto microbes, yeah, I don't think it's going to be good for it. <laughs> but just, uh, you know, uh, what is that, you know, one mil per gallon? Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. You're going to be okay. The other thing is, like you said before, is dilute it out ahead of time a little bit if you can. Right. So you're not putting in such a, a stronger stronger solution. Absolutely. Uh, keep your eye on it, guys. It's definitely an important thing to watch in your grow for sure. pH is, you know, you're gonna, you are gonna you want to get the money out of your nutrients um, depending on how you grow. I mean, like Mr. Real said here, when I bought General Organics line, right on the instructions, it said, do not worry about pHing. Just use a quality water source and you're good to go. And when I called G- General Hydroponics, um, good company picked up the phone. What's up? Broke it down with me. They're like, you know, the, the, the stuff in those bottles is going to do the work for you. There's li- there's living microbes in all those bottles. So Yeah, I mean, I, I started thinking back to when I first bought my, my nursery. I built a nursery out of you know, an empty piece of land. So when I was designing or having the irrigation system designed for me, they talked about an acid injection system that you put in. And I said, oh, cool, must be to pH the water. Cool, how's that all work? And they looked at me like I was crazy when I talked about pHing the water. They were like, no, the acid is just to, to, you you dump a little bit of acid in to dump all the slime out to keep the hoses from clogging up and all that. The acid, when I talked to them about pHing the water, they laughed. They go, you pH the soil, dummy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he goes, you pH yeah. the soil according to what water you're going to be giving it. And you come up with it, you know, that your your medium that way, you know, by adding for you know, in the you know big ag department, they talk about adding gypsum or lime, things like that to change the pH of your soil. So monitoring the pH of your water, something pretty specific to hydroponic gardening. That's where all this comes from is the 80s and 90s when hydroponic gardening was king and you, you deep water culture and rock wool and all that, that's when you needed to be really paying a lot of attention to pH. Uh, yeah, and the way I look at it is I, I agree with your philosophy of non-pHing because your microbes are doing all the work, but for those chemical or synthetic fertilizers such as, you know, like you said, the can of A and B, or any synthetic fertilizer, I, I like that to be within a certain range for nutrient availability. So, but that's how I grow. So everybody's a little bit different. And you if you're do getting grow the some yield, dank and, goddamn weed. If you're getting the yield in the dank, then just go with what you got going on. Yeah, I mean, me and the dude got very different philosophies and on a lot of things, but we both crank out some pretty goddamn good product, man. What would I mean? What would the dude grow show be if it was just two Mister Reels like a clone of yourself? Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Dude Grow Show episode one was the only episode where it was only me hosting. And then, yeah, Scotty's like, dude, that's not going to work. <laughs> Here we are. All right, so let's kick it over to... You need to- a jacked-up co-host, man. <laughs> we got a uh, clip. We had a good interview with Dinesh from Optic Foliar. Um, and let's cut to that real quick, Scotty. And then we'll be back, and we'll be getting into some news uh, and then grow talk. So here you go, guys. This is uh, Mr. Real Dude Grows and Dinesh from Optic Foliar talking about uh, his product overgrow as well as transport and some other kick ass shit. Yeah, come on back, man. We'll definitely try to get some of this Optic Foliar out. I tell you what, man, let's anybody want some uh, to try some of this product, comment over on Dude Grows on show 48 comment section. Yeah, and I think we got the offer up in the clip too. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, double time. Yes, yeah, send, send a comment over there and. We'll, uh, yeah, listen for that, and we'll we'll hook you up. Come on. There's details. Let's talk some shit, man. I want to learn how to use this stuff. Details here and now. All right. Yo. Why don't you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. 
that good shit. Yeah, that's the shit. What's up, guys? We're back today on the Dude Grow Show. We have a guest, uh, Mr. Dinesh from Optic Foliar. How you doing, buddy? Hey, great, guys. How you guys doing today? Awesome. I'm a Hell little yeah, jealous. Man. As always, you're up in uh, is it Vancouver, right? Uh, yes, we are, and uh, fall is hitting us hard. It's getting really chilly out here, so uh, everything's moving indoors real fast. Yeah. Do you get up on the Do you get up on the slopes ever there in Whistler? I don't know if last time you were on the show, if I asked you, do you ski or snowboard or anything? I have. I'm not good at it. I'm really good <laughs> at uh, face planting myself, but uh, big on uh, mountain biking for sure. Nice. I like it. So I'm gonna make. Yeah. When I'm out, I'm gonna call you out on that because I'm gonna need to go. That's the capital, <laughs> people. That that's the capital up in BC of mountain biking. Oh man. Oh hell yeah. Crazy stuff you see in those magazines, man. Them guys are doing, man. Nuts. Magazines. Yeah, How they... old are you, Scotty? What are magazines? And... <laughs> yeah, that is true, man. That is true. Um, let's, uh, man. I want to discuss a couple products. We're going to have Dinesh back a, a few times here. I just, as you said, Dinesh brought my outdoor gardening is almost done. I do have one that still refuses to finish, but I got a heater in there and stuff. And here in Colorado, winter is is coming, but the indoor garden has fired up. So um, I'm super excited right to start using these uh three products we'll get into it i, I want to talk transport real quick or not real quick but because that seems to be yeah. the one that goes across the board it, it can go with also products that aren't even yours yeah absolutely it's something that uh you know we promote with products like azimax with neem oil even some of the frequency waters and uh it just helps people reduce the concentrations to you know quarter strength uh let them spray with the lights on and the big one which saves a lot of people back pain is you're only spraying the tops of the leaves and not the underside and it still kills adults babies and eggs wow so so we would would you classify this as a sticker spreader is that what you'd classify it as or yeah i commonly you know mention sticker spreader but i also throw in a uh, delivery agent uh, i mentioned sticker spreader because it's what everyone's familiar with yeah uh, delivery agent still a fairly new term um and the big difference that we highlight is Exactly what the terms are. A sticker and spreader uh, sticks to the leaves, spreads to the leaves, uh, but the difference we provide is the absorption end of it. So, um, again, where a sticker spreader is just going to stick to the leaf and give damage and residuals and, uh, you know, product you got to wash off with water. Okay. Uh, with transport, it's going to absorb right into the plant. So, spray it on with the lights within 20 minutes. It's going to, you're going to see the plant absorb it all in and dry up, um, and there's not going to be any damage or burning or residuals, and uh, they're going to see a much greater knockdown rate when they're using it with products like Aza or Neem or uh, Frequency Water. 
You know, I noticed you say that you can spray with the – don't be afraid to spray with the lights on. I, I'm always telling people that as long as you're not spraying horticultural oils, you know, if you're just spraying kelp or something like that, it's okay to spray with the lights on. You got any any facts behind that, you know, as to – I'm trying to, to give people a basic understanding of, of when you damage your plants, uh, like specifically how oils damage your plants and whatnot, and – when you can spray with the lights on and when you can't. You know, you know any kind of rules of thumb we can give our our listeners? Um, definitely. No, I, it's a common question I get is, um, you know, people mention that they've used certain oil-based sprays, and uh, what happens is again because they stick on the leaf surface, um, it allows it, the lighting to magnify it, um, burn, and leave that residual. Right. And people are really hesitant when I say mix an oil-based product with our spray and uh, spray it on because of, you know, the past experiences they've had. Yeah. Uh, however, we've, you know, promoted the neem oil and other uh, uh, products uh, with transport, and people are finding that it's not damaging, it's not leaving a residual, because, again, we're absorbing it all into the plant, and there's nothing, uh, to, again, to burn or damage the plant. Yeah, I guess as long as it would break up, and what we're talking about is the little oil droplets. Different oils have different size droplets, and they act like different yeah. magnifications, uh, you know, magnifying glass lenses, basically. Yeah, gotcha. So I guess what you're saying is by breaking up those droplets, then you eliminate the problem right there. Uh, we're not so much breaking the droplets. Um, specifically, what we're doing, um, you know, if you can just imagine that what we're like. Imagine we're going to uh, magnify a leaf up, you know, 10,000 times. Uh-huh. And what we're doing is we're making temporary little highways on the top of the epidermal layer. And so instead of breaking it up, we're just giving a pathway from the top of the leaf right into the leaf, uh, specifically the mesophyll layer. Um, and so it doesn't need to break down. It just slides right in, gets into the plant, um, and it, the transport evaporates. So... Um, I pretty much tell people that once you spray on transport and let's say a neem oil product, right. mix them up, spray them on and put a timer on. Cause in about 20 minutes, that plant will be dry, nothing on it. Now, what about, I like to spray, I mean, I, I typically go further than some people would think is acceptable in flowering with doing maybe a kelp spray. Um, I mean, I'll spray kelp on flowers that are, you know, in full bloom, six, seven weeks. I don't, I've seen advantages, um, not so much anything for pests because hopefully I, I don't have any as far as doing Azimax or neem or anything like that on my flowers. Is transport harmful in any way? Do you know, or have you heard of people using it? Let's say maybe on, yeah, on a f not mature flower, but you definitely have, you're in full flowering. Like let's say week six, I want to use it, um, with a kelp or something else. Has there been any problems there that you're aware of? Oh, no, none at all. Uh, it's safe to spray late into bloom. The residuals of transport are about four hours. Um, so once you spray it down, spray it on, um, individually transport will break down. After four hours, it's going to be out of the plant. Uh, so then it comes down to the withholding period of the product being used with it. It's pretty much um, odorless. I have some right in front of me, and it's like, you can't, yeah, it's like almost, I'd say odorless. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no smell, and uh, so there's nothing left within the plant. So, um, you know, if you're using it with a kelp-based spray, um, you know, that's a pretty natural product, so um, it's not going to have any toxic residuals, um, and, you know, that'll flush out within a week. So you can use, safely use it right up to a week before harvest. 
What about, uh, let's move on a little because I do have minor, minor powdery mildew outdoors right now. The temperature fluctuations are swinging so much to like, right now it's almost 70 out here in Colorado and tonight it'll be 37. And so my indoor, my fluctuations out in my little poly house are just making the mildew come a little bit. Now, would right. you use, how yep. far would you use ATAC? Because I definitely have, you know, some creeping, and I've been able to keep it under control. I'll say it's kind of a pain, but I spray pH-adjusted water of about 9.5. And if you do it yeah. every day or twice a day, you can keep it at bay. It definitely doesn't beat it down. But, yeah, uh, yeah how far into flowering? This, again, this ATAC doesn't really have much. I'm, I'm smelling the ready-to-use here, and it smells yeah. like, I don't know, like a hot tub or something. Like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, party yeah. time. Right on. Yeah, okay, we made the product so that we can use it late into bloom. Um, you know, I don't want to put any toxic chemicals in anyone's plants. So it's a mix of some copper sulfate as well as some organics that we're using in there. And once you spray it on, it'll stay within the plant for a period of seven days. And again, we don't want it staying in the plant. So use it, you know, a week before harvest, and it'll safely flush itself out. And it's going to do what I call a bit of a trifecta. Um, it does have a higher pH, as you noted. Um, you know, a high pH spray will knock it down but not get rid of it. Um, the second part is, is the copper sulfate with the organics will kill all the fungus mold spores within the leaves. And the third thing the product is going to do is just boost the plant's immunity to fight it off itself. And... So we're trying to use three different methods to get rid of the powdery mildew and hold it off for a week. Um, and depending on plants and environment, sometimes it'll work longer, um, and so you won't have to spray as often. But once a week with that should keep your uh, powdery mildew away for uh, um, you know at least a good seven to ten days at a time. Now, I mean, it makes don't, it, don't. Well, let me say it makes me nervous because I was just checking my trichomes this morning with my 30 times magnifier, you know, just looking at are things getting milky or, or brown or, you know, just trying to judge where I'm at exactly in flowering because uh, yeah. dude doesn't typically use, uh, you know, a weekly chart here. It's too, yeah, it's like if I were to go off of a weekly chart half the time, I'd be taking my plants too early or too too late or whatever. But um, no damage yeah, yeah. to inside the flower, like you're saying, it, as far as whatever, trichomes, the the pistols coming off whatever you're going to be good there because obviously that's the biggest concern we've worked so hard to get these beautiful flowers i definitely don't want yeah. to hurt them at all yeah affecting the flavor yeah no absolutely yeah all right well i mean it gets that's a little a tricky it gets a little tricky late into bloom because you're trying to spray the leaves and avoid the flowers so right um yeah definitely understand concerns guys have but when you got powdery mildew it's either watch your yield drop or spray something on <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And the beauty of this, guys, is I, I have all these products in front of me. I have used a little bit of your transport before with Azimax because I love the fact of cutting it down, like you said, quarter strength on the Azimax, which isn't cheap, and not spraying the underside of the leaves is top-notch for me. Yeah. But I haven't tried the ATAC yet. So, I mean, I told Dinesh straight up coming on the Dude Grow Show, I mean, we're going to give good or bad feedback. I'm pretty positive about it, though. That's why we have you here on the show. I mean, I like the fact that it's just your whole company's just focusing on foliar spraying, and we're big fans of that for sure. I know Scotty. Scotty's got his dank mix. What's that? Like fish, kelp, Azimax, and silica. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no. I dropped the silica. The silica I think is burnt. Was burning my plants, but uh, yeah, I was doing uh, uh, some kelp, some uh, uh, jump start, which is a little tricantinol in there. The fish, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, def definitely interested in in, in putting some uh, 
some optic foliar in there. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to hook you up with some of the transport, Scotty, and see. Now, yeah. you're saying if he's going to use transport with any of those products he just mentioned, they're not pest. You know, he's doing beneficial stuff. Would he still take down their strengths since he's doing a beneficial spray instead of like a neem or something? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, again, because we're getting it all absorbed into the plant right away. Uh, what Scott might want to do is just you know, cut the dosage back to quarter strength to start. And, you know, you'll see the plants react positively. And, you know, depending on the plant, some are heavy feeders. Uh, you can try bumping it up a bit just to see the the perfect mix that they're, uh, or the dosage that they want. But, yeah, I definitely start off at a quarter strength and go from there. Got it. Yeah, less is always more. And always spray. You guys don't, you know, no matter what people say, uh, Dinesh is promising me, hey, you're not going to have any problems with this, that, or the other thing. I'm going to go out and spray my plants, but I'm going to spray one little part of my plant first because there's so many variables there. Um, and you can, you know, I, I'm sure you agreed, Dinesh, as far as when you're trying products for the first time, just spray a little part of your garden before you spray the whole thing because you can't back up if you have any issues, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing I think with our products is, um, you know, unless you're over fertilizing the plants already, you shouldn't see any problems. Um, yeah. So as long as, you know, the, the roots are healthy, the plants are healthy, they're not too, you know, the leaves aren't too dark, they should see a positive response well, right away. Well, you know, in our, you know, in our industry, over fertilization with newer growers and stuff, even some established growers, is it's commonplace because they're, man, more bloom booster, more not, like just trying to push the heck out of a plant that already was just willing to grow very easily for you without being pushed super hard. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. you get a lot of that. And that, that's another thing. Yeah. When, when you push your – you don't want to, I think, apply a, a whole bunch of new stuff to plants that aren't in perfect health. Just my opinion. But if I'm trying something new and really want to evaluate it, I'm putting them on strong plants that are at, you know growing aggressively. That's the only way to really get a good evaluation out of any of these products. Heck yeah. Yeah, Heck. absolutely. And that, that's something I used to do all the time is uh, you know, if you're going to try a new product, uh, try one row or a few random plants, tag them, and uh, see how they respond. And that tells you whether a product's worth the money or not. Agreed. All right, so let's get ready to wrap it up but not yet your overgrow okay the overgrow i see i'm assuming is it's already you have it is it a concentrate as well or only ready to use as an overgrow is right yeah so we actually got the uh, overgrows are ready to use spray and i'm going to reveal the secret formula for you guys um <laughs> bring the it secret formula let me get my overgrow okay ready oh you guys are yes. recording <laughs> oh good point good point scotty scotty needs a head, man this is a podcast dude you can you can play yeah that. <laughs> Go ahead, Dinesh. So, Overgrow's ready to use, and the reason I made the product is for a number of reasons. I want to prove a lot of points with the product. Um, it's a performance spray, so for every stage, so use it on cuttings, use it in grow, use it in bloom, it'll just increase performance and growth. Um, secondly, if you've got deficiencies or you want to prevent deficiencies like CalMag, spray it on. It's going to give all the cal calcium and magnesium in need and prevent all those deficiencies. Uh, but the third and fourth main point is it'll also prevent and combat mildew and bugs. Again, lights on, no damage, and it's the only multi-purpose spray for all stages on the market in a ready-to-use solution. See, that's what and, I'm about because I like less bottles. I mean, I like your other products, but I mean... I'm going to be trying to, yeah, use this throughout the start of my indoor here. So what, it, it, what, what would the doctor suggest here, Dinesh, on my outdoor plant? 
So I'm kind of con- not confused, but I'm about, I'll say, seven weeks into flowering, six and a half. Very minor, maybe a little bit of spotty mildew. Should I go up there yeah. and use overgrow on it, or should I use ATAC on it? Okay, attack specifically, if you just want to get rid of the powdery mildew, we got that option for you. The benefit of overgrow is that it'll get rid of the powdery mildew and give you that performance boost at the same time. So most products on the market, it's either a bug spray or a mildew spray, what I call single purpose. And that's why I like to highlight overgrow as a multi-purpose. So the sulfur here in overgrow at 0.02%, such yep. a low percentage, it's a non-issue in flowering. I mean, oh, this product not is, does not have much. I'm I'm opening it up here. I mean, it's a slight. It's a slight like bug spray smell, like very slight. Nothing that really makes me scared yep. of it. But yeah, since you're putting everything in one product, I'm a, that's why I'm assuming you're definitely going to get some odor from it. I just get paranoid of products that have heavy odor when you're in flowering. I'm like, I don't know, man. That might mess with my flavor. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the um, I'll I'll. Uh tell you the secret formula um, but it's a mix of our transport watts rev attack as well as some organic pyrethrum that we add in there and that's the odor that you're finding that's what to say, now that you said that that's the uh now tell real quick some people when you look online or whatever i get confused so organic you're, you're calling it straight up organic pyrethrum so pyrethrum comes from the chrysanthemum flower right yes now is it what what you have is just that in a concentrate liquid that you add to your product, it's straight up just the flower um, derived from that flower. That's it. Is that, is that as easy as we could say it? Yeah, well, there's a couple of different forms, and I want to make that clear. We're using organic pyrethrum, um, and then there's another one called orga- orga- uh, sorry, pyrethrin. It's not organic. It's a chemical uh, uh, version of pyrethrum, and it's also got piperinol butoxide mixed in with it. Uh, a lot of big words, what it equals is higher toxicity, higher residual, not safe for plants, not safe for human consumption. You know, there's products out there that have it. We choose not to use it because we don't want any of those. I think that's uh, what's in some of those uh, greenhouse-style greenhouse bug bombs that everybody got the spider mites so used to that we got the super mite that just, like, sniffs that stuff for fun now and then crawls around, has more kids. Yeah, and one's with an I and one's with a U. We want the one with the U. Yeah, Yeah, you got it. Cool, Dinesh. Well, let's, uh, Scotty, um, just do a little little give back to the listeners, guys. You know, we just did the revamp over at dudegrows.com. This is episode 48 you're listening to. So head over there and just comment on this episode about, you know, what should we we ask them for to get get hooked up on? uh, We got Overgrow. And transport. I'm willing to send out uh, either a duo pack or one of each, but I don't know. How well, can I, they? I tell you what, man. I'll lead the way, man, because I'm I'm going to tell you guys what I want to try first. I'm excited, so uh, I'll I'll leave a comment about which 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 right. portfolio products I want to try. But just uh yeah, leave, leave a comment in the comment section. All right, that works. That works. And then yeah, we'll we'll hook it up, guys. We'll send it out to either uh, whatever you want. Send it to your place. Send it to your hydro store. But uh, we want to start, uh, you know, when we get some hookup, we want to give some back to you guys that are definitely growers and could use this, especially if you have bugs or mildew being mainly spider mites. Now, would you say now if you have spider mites, overgrow is going to be your number one pick out of your product line, right? 
Um, yeah, that's one option. Um, you know, we got a low amount of uh, pyrethrum in there. Um, you can always add some more neem oil or Azimax to the overgrowth. You got a bigger outbreak. Uh, it's not going to ruin the products. It's not going to ruin your plants. Um, or the other option we have is if you're just looking for a dedicated mite spray. Again, just to transport with some neem or Azimax. And if you want to see real time what um, transport does, check out our YouTube channel, Optic Foliar. Uh, you'll see a video that we've just released on transport, and you're going to see exactly what transport and optic foliar does to the leaves that other companies just can't do and why we make a difference when it comes to bug sprays and just performance sprays overall. And get all tuned up, guys. It's a 3D video. Yeah. So it's like you're there. <laughs> no glasses needed. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, right on, man. We'll have you back on the show here sometime soon, and uh, well, I will have used at least two of your products since then, and let everybody know what I'm thinking, see what you got going on, and there's everything's over at DudeGrows.com, guys. Uh, leave a comment, episode 48, and get hooked up with some optic foliar, and that has to be a comment about optic foliar. Tell me something good. Right All on. right. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll be right back. Scotty, thanks again, Dinesh. And yeah, dudegrows.com, guys. See you in a minute. All right. Hey, guys. Remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at dudegrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at you. So visit dudegrows.com and be the DGC. All right, let's get into the good news, man. The good news right away. Some more uh, legal legal states. Winning. Full on uh, District of Columbia. Come on, where's that soundboard? Where's the cheering? Where's the cheering? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get good on it, man. I'm going to have to get good on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, District of Columbia, the uh, Oregon, Oregon area, the entire state, we'll call it, and uh, Alaska which is pretty sweet. I believe all three are going to let you grow your own. You're just finding some information on uh, in D.C. What are they saying about being able to grow your own there? Six plants, man. You are, dude, D.C. is cool as hell, man. Washington, D.C.'s proposal, while scaled back compared to the others, allows for a person over 21 years old to possess up to two ounces of marijuana for personal use and grow up to six cannabis plants in their home. It also allows people to transfer up to one ounce of marijuana to another person, but not sell it. Of course not. Yeah, but hey, just... I heard, though, they're going to put a uh, six-plant garden, like the ultimate six-plant garden in the White House, man. Hell yeah. I'm psyched, man. Nice. More presidential people... weed garden, man. Uh, I mean, they got the fence for it, so. Hey, maybe... it's only federally illegal, dude. Well, that's the with this article here I'm looking at mentions basically that there it could uh be halted during a review by the US Congress because they're saying the Congress has constitutional oversight over the Capitol. So that kind of sounds like if the Congress doesn't like it, like I, I don't know exactly what constitutional oversight means, but it sounds pretty powerful. <laughs> like it, it makes me feel like they could just be like, Well, um, you guys did a good job, a little golf clap on uh passing it, but we don't like it. Peace yeah. out. Not gonna happen. Oversight sounds like they get to tell me what to do. So, yeah, hopefully it uh, – I mean – I don't put my cloud out, man. I haven't even talked about Oregon or Alaska yet, man. Uh, yes, <laughs> this is true. I mean, I, I don't know what the – okay, what, do you have right. any stats on yeah, those? Yeah, I got them, man, right here, man. In Oregon, the law legalizes personal possession, manufacture, and sale of marijuana for people 21 years of age or older. 
mimicking similar plans in Washington State and Colorado. The Oregon law will also create a commercial regulatory system for the production, distribution, and sale of marijuana. Nice. Um, I like know, it. You know, that the devil is in the details, so... You know, let's see how they implement it. I know who really loves this is the uh, people that are in the gross store business in those states because people can legitimately go to the stores now and not feel, you know, like the uh, the cops tailing them home or whatever and be all freaked out. Can they they can go get shit for their six plants and um, feel much less on the uh, the down low about it. Like I always say, it's kind of crazy we talk about our grows on a podcast to the world now. <laughs> Before we'd be viewed as literally insane. So it, it's, <laughs> I love it that people can it'll 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 make better growers in all these states. Yeah, uh, absolutely agreed. And uh, you know that's why I was against the Florida rule. I, I do feel bad now. I have the buyer's remorse about Florida because it lost, and all my friends are like, "Fucking sucks, man." You know, you can't you're not going to be able to get good pot, or you can get good pot there, but totally on the black market. You got to totally deal with that bullshit. For well, 100- still, I mean, this is good. Like, it's weird how they go about it, and how much who knows how much law enforcement will enforce. It's like, let's say you're a little dealer or something. You're like, you know what? You can grow six plants. Um, we're not going to bust you for up to possessing two ounces. But you can only trade it with your friends. It's like, dude, it's a commodity, man. You guys have made it a commodity. Not to mention, like I always say, there's, it's being a grower of even only six plants is can be like a part-time job. It can definitely, depending on how your grow set up, etc. I mean, just let's say an investment into a, a grow room for six plants that could be anywhere from, you know, a two by two to let's say a cabinet, you know, to the smallest cabinet, um, to a little four hundred watt setup to ridiculous you know you could have six plants in a a, eight by eight room baby i've seen you know the three plants in a 12 by 24 greenhouse completely full canopy so uh it's really you could the sky's the limit on what you could spend to grow that and there should be i'm waiting for i mean i guess not a state they'll never work anything and say oh if you guys want to sell a little you can i think it's kind of just like if you need to take care of your uh, expenses, possibly, I've heard. So we need to get an attorney up on the show to talk to about that shit because I'm pretty interested. I told you I traded it for money. Yes, exactly. I did. I bartered and traded it. I always love those ads on Craigslist. You'd see suggested donation. It's freaking hilarious. You don't find that many out there now. I should look while we're on the show here. But it'd be like, suggested donation for an eighth, $35. And it's like all... Hey. Is the keyword suggested yes. or donation? Yes, and then and then you'd see the other ads. Do not meet this one guy at Burger King. He is a cop. Oh no! <laughs> Seriously, it'd be like ads posted against ads and shit. Jesus Christ, man! Oh. That's what I'm saying. Grow your own peeps. <laughs> yes, especially now in any of those three areas. Grow your own, guys. If you like to burn, it's worth it. It could be pretty damn easy. Yaman. Yeah, <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're gonna, yeah. My new toy, man. <laughs> Come uh, on, what we got? What else we got? I mean, that's a lot. Um, and I'm just excited to see how it rolls out. Of course, as the time goes on here, we'll see the, those industries developing. Um, and like you said, Scotty, maybe it's not so good in the sense that when I say industries developing, you know, start stomping out some of these smaller guys. It's already been said that if you're a person that holds a medicinal license to grow or you're a medical grower here in Colorado, that soon enough, uh, you know, 70% of you will be squeezed out by, you know, big pharma and people with 
what I used to call fuck you money. So Yeah, I mean, we pioneered this shit, man. We brought, you know, not me personally, but the royal we. The royal we, yes. Brought all these strains and, and you know, went and found these land race varieties and crossbred them. And we made these incredible plants. I mean, hundreds, just thousands of, of varieties of cannabis plants. And they weren't done by, by big business. They were done by this cottage industry. Yeah, and the cottage industry has done a shit ton of work, like you said. So hopefully it won't get uh, you know stolen, taken, taken over. So, but Don't take uh, our shit, man. <laughs> uh, I just did a uh, a search here <laughs> on Craigslist, and you can always you can always, I found some golden goat crossed with super lemon haze for thirty dollars. And uh, let's see here. Here's his number. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, God love him, man. I, don't, I really, here, you know, instead of legalizing everything, man, you know what I'm saying? Decriminalize it. it it's that simple. Just stop busting people for bullshit. Oh, yeah. And here we go at the bottom of the ad. It says, text us for a quick reply. Amendment 64 compliant. Must be 21 plus with a valid ID. And uh, donations help recover related expenses. So it's there like they're go, trying man. to cover their bases there. And that's the point is, do we want to go bust people's balls like that? No, I mean, for people like uh, the networks rolling around with a few lights, taking care of each other, you know, recouping some expenses for how much time has been spent in the garden and effort. Hell no. I mean, sure. Black market. You got guys, you know, driving pickup trucks full out of the state. Sure. Fuck with them. I don't care. Um but I mean, I do care. It, that sucks. I wish there was no trouble there. But and I was talking to a grower earlier today, a really good grower that got in a lot of trouble, you know, borderline jail time for eleven plants in a non-friendly state. And he was telling me, "Cause man, that was the happiest I ever been was when I just grew my plants. I could actually." You know, enjoy and, and didn't have to ration the weed out like it was $120 a quarter. It was, it was the happiest I've ever been in my life, it man. It me rationing the weed out because you definitely do not get a lot of, like, back, yeah, when you're always, like, the guy that's smoking all of it, dude, and you're like, nah, you just don't see that here anymore, at least in social settings. Typically, everybody's so, like, you're like, dude, I'm good. I don't need any more of that. I don't need yeah. any more of that. It's hard to get people to smoke your weed now, man. I mean, they even got, sometimes. like, a leaf, a leaf blower. I was, I was listening over there on uh, that Adam Dunn show, and I guess he has a leaf blower that they pack, and that things for like concerts and parties. So you just <laughs> have a mega bowl on it, you know, and it sucks through and just fogs a whole place out. Like holy you know, shit, be that's sweet. hilarious, man. I like it. I like those it. guys are funny over there, man. Much uh, love. Let's go into uh, another news story here. The not so hot, but uh, give a little review on Denver police and the feds conduct large scale raids on marijuana grow sites. This was here. Hey, man, I thought it was legal. This was here in Denver. Um, And this is basically, you know, they said federal agents um, assisted in raids, which investigators hauled dozens of high-intensity grow lights and thousands of plants out of operations. So these were set up as commercial operations, kind of under the cloak of, like, they'd open up shop in a district that already is very popular for medicinal and recreational licensed facilities to operate and kind of just, you know, hang out and hang out in there. Well, no, I bet you these are people fully licensed, fully carded, that just are... Maybe the weed wasn't going where it was supposed to be going, you know? That's possible, too. I mean, they said this this started off from basically there was an investigation into illegal marijuana sales in Minnesota. You know how that goes, man. Yeah. 
spread them and say cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how that goes is, yeah, somebody's sitting in the hot seat and somebody, yeah, somebody starts talking and then... I'm sure there's tons of undercover, you know, officers trying to buy weed from these commercial organizations, trying to buy it off the black oh, market. Yeah. I definitely have heard, you know, a multitude of stories. I've heard of, you know, a guy of a... Not going to say the business names, but he was just had, you know, wanted to make a little bit of extra money. He was working both angles, the black market and the recreational market. But, you know, when he opened up the trunk and made the deal, bam, that guy was undercover for sure, trying yeah. to buy full on. And I mean, most, I don't know how, I guess it's the greediness with the money. I don't know. When you see somebody doing it, you want to do it, but so much at stake there. It's crazy. What about, what about if you got that weed that's like got the fluoride on it, man, that you can't sell? You know, you take it to, you know, to get send tested. Send it to another state. Send it to another oh, state. Man. Yeah. Hey, what are we going to do with that 100 lighter over there that's got spider mites? What's the lesson, everybody? Spray it and pump it out, brother. Grow your own. Damn don't straight. De- don't deal with this shit. Uh, and definitely, yeah, I mean, people just have, yeah, some respect with uh, trying to, I don't know, I guess I'll call it creative sneaking in there and just renting a warehouse and, you know, fully setting up shop without any licensing. But, I mean, folks are definitely doing that, but I specifically know what's going on here, man, because it's Denver, and you know we got our ears out there. This ain't the case, man. Yeah, that, that ain't the case. These guys are fully licensed, fully carded up, man. Interesting. Well, to everybody else out there, keep it safe, especially if you're growing. Yeah, man, and and remember, man, that if you get on the radar, they're gonna come get you. You know, anytime you're making money and the government doesn't get their cut, they're gonna come after you, man. So. Don't show that you're making any money with this shit, man. No, no. Especially, especially with vehicles. Yeah, Love absolutely it. not, you man. The, you got the grower a- pulling up to a grow house in his badass car. The whole house is turned into a grow. It's right. Like, uh, interesting. Yeah, res- right. Resist the urge to buy the Porsche and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The black Porsche with the whale tail, man. Kind of yes. maybe makes a statement. Not sure, but maybe makes a statement. All right, let's go on to. Uh, I, I I lived. I actually grew up over there in the Missouri St. Louis area, and this Michael Ferguson case. Don't really want to get into the politics of Michael Ferguson getting shot by a police officer and killed, but I do want to talk about getting shot on weed. <laughs> title of this is anti pot doc blasted over comments on Michael Brown and THC because basically they found THC in his in his blood and he he made some comments he posted on a personal blog last week but since then his comments have been removed of course but here's some of his comments as far as uh, THC and uh, what it can do he says uh, Brown's death should serve as a tragic reminder that marijuana is not harmless that it is not just like alcohol that its consumption often leads to impairment that is very difficult for the public to measure this is getting deep Scotty also making it tough for the public also making it tough for the public to hold users accountable lastly marijuana users should also or marijuana users also could be vulnerable to aggression and attacks while under the drug's influence so how dare you yeah draconian draconian stuff here obviously that's why he pulled these remarks from his personal blog it's basically i mean there's no basis for any of that period i mean the kid, the kid was gunned down by a cop um i'm Look, not man even, Opinions are like assholes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody got one, man. I agree. I agree. And some and of them ain't pretty. I guess this is Most one of, those, of them ain't pretty. 
one of those stories where it's like talking about it just gives it, it gives gives it more power. But just thought it was a little ridiculous that they're going to say that the THC had uh, much something like that happened out here in Denver a while back, where a gentleman lost his mind and shot his wife, and they tried to play that card a little bit, but. Uh, you know, as long as smart. Yeah, they blame the weed, right? So on to the next story. And if you guys want to check any of these out, they'll be in the show notes here. Uh, this was out in Nine News, which has kind of been a anti-pot news here in Colorado. They had a study that was looking at the impact of pot use on the brain. Now, these have been becoming more, more and more popular, right? And of, what do you think they're going to talk about? We'll see. What do you think they're going to talk about, Scotty, as far as the impact of pot use on the brain? This is the <laughs> quiz. Wait, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Wait, are we in the news or are we in Grow Talk right now? I think they're going to tell you that uh, pot really ain't good for your brain. It makes it all yellow and airy and spacey and stuff, man. Well, this one's a little different. So the new they're saying this new research, which I haven't found uh, fully had the time to get into it, but new research research suggests marijuana fuck your brain up, man. Marijuana could be more dangerous to our brains than initially thought. And then, but I, I kind of like these next two comments. It all depends on how old you are. For some, it can be helpful, and for others, it can be harmful. For, so at least they're making not a full-on reefer madness. It's gonna just be totally harmful. Jesus, I'm so angry. Wait a minute, now I'm fine. And then they get into how the strains have been changed over the years. This is not your grandfather's marijuana. Yeah, and that. Well, I mean, I guess I would say that they've they've definitely had to have gotten stronger. No. I mean, that's the way if you keep breeding something and trying to perfect it, you can make it stronger. But Here you go. <laughs> Nine News psychologist Dr. Max Wackel says, like a 3.5% THC, for example, there are some hash oils that you can get now that are 70% THC. Hook my brother up, man. <laughs> See, and that's where, you know, I, I stay away from that uh, 70%. I can see that. Not doing permanent damage, but obviously for for the youth, I'll jump on their their wagon for a minute. You know, think of the children. I always think of the children. Now, uh, let me put a note in there real quick. We did not have one report here in Colorado of any issues across the state for Halloween and edibles and kids. Just to let you know, right? Even though everybody was, you know, they're putting out the scare on that. I gave out rotten bananas for Halloween. It was fucking awesome. The kids flipped. <laughs> nice. They recoiled in disgust. So, uh, you know, I, I'll agree with just saying basically that, uh, you know, when you're going to give somebody a 70% concentrate, you're, I don't care who you are, you're going to see, well, some people maybe not that are fully medicating. Um, hey, I'm going to fucking tell you something. I've done the experiment myself, man. How did it work out? hit on a 70% concentrate for a couple months straight, and it, you can hit on five or six, seven hits of it, and you'll just get basically level. It does, you know, you can get really immune. Cannabis is really easy to get immune to. So if you start with a 22% THC and sit around watching Jerry Springer all fucking day oh, smoking yeah, it, man. Springer. Guess what? It ain't going to do shit to you after a while. You're going to be able to call your fucking mom after after two months of smoking that shit. Please don't say the F word. <laughs> Can't believe you brought Jerry Springer into it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw this computer at you, dude. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I agree. I've said that before. The best thing to do when you're when you're getting high is get out and get out and do some shit. That's what I like to do. Can't yeah, wait for the snow to fly. You got an immunity, man. You you definitely build up an immunity. That's why all the politicians freak the fuck out. You don't have an immunity to that uh, one hit of of scissor hash. I can tell you that. 
I do think that's the cool thing about what do they say? There's like 360 different chemicals that make up THC. Yeah. You get all sorts of different profiles. You know, you might get a little bit more of this on one strain, a lot more of that in another strain. Yeah. I, I really do believe that it's, it's on the same thing, uh, bringing it back to microbes, man. You know, you've got a bunch of different subspecies of these microbes, and they all do very similar things. They might all solubilize nitrogen or whatever. And by bringing all those together and by bringing a diverse amount of these, or a diverse range of these, you get all these crazy enhancements. Well, it's the same thing with THC, with the 360 different chemicals that are in it. Yeah, and that's where a lot of people are in that consensus. So I'll hear it. I'll drop uh, the other... The other show I check out sometimes uh, over there, Danny Danko really talks about, he gets kind of fired up uh, about whole plant medicine and the combination of needing THC and CBD and everything together for it to work properly for... Fucking A, man. Good for Danny. Yes. That's the editor over there at High Times, Free Weed Podcast. All right. Next news story. We could tie right into it with the, uh, the medicine aspect. Trial. This is titled Trial of Marijuana-Based Drug Offers Hope to kids with epilepsy so at first i was like oh man what are they doing like making another fake drug off of weed because that's some of the stupidest shit i've seen um unless i guess you're naturally allergic to her but she somehow needs it might not be the worst thing to have like a you know uh, an extract you know that was a, a full profile extract well this one's more on the uh this drug's called let's see if i can do this epid Epidiolex. Epidiolex said it's a highly purified extract of cannabis that does not contain THC. Uh, and they've been trialing it out. So it's, it's still CBD from the plant. Um, and they're seeing that it's helping the kids with the seizures, uh, which is, is awesome. And all these, they were trying to figure this out because some families, obviously there's families across the nation that could use this. But this one couldn't raise the money to get her and her six-year-old from texas to florida so i believe if you have a pure cbd product that helps that's not federally illegal so you could ship it in the mail you could send i don't know because i heard that the guys from florida can't even get charlotte's web starts legally because it's in colorado interesting (laughs) yeah yeah i thought cbd if there's no thc at all that's what's in the uh, scheduled one, I believe. And Charlotte, it's so funny that Charlotte's Web is celebrated for having zero THC, man. Yeah, it, it is. I'd weird. get fucking kicked out of my house for that. <laughs> like what? Kill them! Kill them all! <laughs> um, but this is a cool thing. Uh, I like to see uh, the science with the plant that's that's coming along to help this. This is Dravet syndrome, particularly uh, form of epilepsy that they're seeing it help a lot. And man, that that's badass so and it's coming from i don't know where they're getting their uh if they're pulling this from a cbd only plant or if they're extracting there probably doesn't matter like they could just with the lab shit they got just take all the thc out of it cbds have a different temperature range too you know what i mean you can pull them out pretty easily oh as far as the actual extraction Mm -hmm. temperature range yep the things i don't know anything about me neither Right, you just knew that. Doesn't stop me from talking about it. See, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think we got one more story here. Let's go over to Arizona, Arizona, and talk about a prosecutor. They're trying to lead. There's some reasons here. Well, my uh, slow connection's loading. 
because I'm just off today with the LSD. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pick it up, brother. Pick it up. I'm about to fall asleep, man. What do we got? We got haters in Arizona, basically. And, uh, Sounds about right. <laughs> well, well, they got the the. If I was going to join the International League of Haters. I would go to Arizona. International League, huh? I yeah, don't know. I believe that's where their world headquarters is. I'd go to South Florida, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's get a, just a like regional that? headquarters there, man. All right, so here we go. Prosecutors urge others to oppose marijuana. So, I mean, that's going to tie somewhat into what you were saying. They're saying three of Arizona's top prosecutors are calling for support from political and civic leaders to oppose the legalization of marijuana for use. Because Arizona's a medical state, right? Yeah. Arizona's a prison state, my friend. There are, uh, okay. So you got more, you got more political knowledge on Arizona. No, but I'm me. just saying they have, that's one of those places where they make a shitload of money building jails and holding prisoners there. Yeah, I True. And they're trying to do, again, the number one argument here is that they're saying, you know, the youth, once we see medical marijuana come in, our statistics say that the youth and can get this happened like the cardholders in 2012, one in six Arizona high school, 12th graders now obtain their illicit marijuana from a cardholder. So they're saying that the medical marijuana cardholders are, are dealing to the Holy youth. shit. As opposed to a, a drug dealer. I know. Isn't that wild? That's fucking and terrible it, man it might even be uh yeah a little bit a little bit better and yeah, i mean in arizona as opposed to the fucking mexican cartel man yeah you know jesus yeah. christ she celebrated for that shit man that's their argument and uh of course when you hear the word prosecutors it ties into everything we we're talking about earlier you know these guys directly not always directly but sometimes directly make money off of the systems the probation systems the urinalysis testing the, all the bullshit whoa, whoa, whoa. they sometimes do no true they do this not to the mention the prison biggest system. racket going on man yeah so uh yeah good point mr real i mean that's probably one of the best places you could get your herb from if you're a 12th grader there i mean I, when i was in high school i definitely didn't didn't have any 12th grade friends that were smoking. Yeah, I had to hang out with this creepy old guy that I'd get weed from, man. Ooh, I'm not going there, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't, mean, it's I can't pay that price again, man. Safer environment overall. Regardless, kids are going to be using herb. I mean, high schoolers are going to be using herb. So, and the more legal it gets, I think, I'm thinking the, I don't know if I, I won't say the less available. I guess it would just naturally become more available because of home grows and stuff. I mean, what do you think? The full legalization increases access to children or decreases? They're going to get it anyway. They're either going to be getting, look, I went from like 1990 to like, I don't know. I just remember I did like a 10-year straight period where I thought to myself after a while, I was like, I've always been able to get weed in Florida for 10 years straight, like any time I want. What the fuck kind of war on drugs do we have here, (laughs) man, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Any fucking time I want. Good point. Good point. That's the funnel down there coming on up, coming on up. Where's the weed in Florida come from? They smuggling Mexico. it from Jamaica? Nah, Mexico. Mexico? Straight up Mexican brick weed. Why not Jamaica? Uh, I think there's a massive quantity of cheap weed. You can get like a couple hundred dollars, $50 pounds across the border. I think right around the border. Yeah. Used to be able to get them like $300, bought you beautiful pounds. Interesting. From what I was told. Yes. Interesting. You know? So, you're reminding me of that movie back in the not that long ago, guys. Like a dude's movie pick. Here's the culture section of the show. Square Grouper, uh, true story of uh, Robert Plattshorn. That's a great movie about smuggling back in the day. And one one way this this Florida redneck town got busted 
is because I mean this is like a small redneck swamp Florida town like sure. not many people but it was where the boats came in all these guys started having like the nicest new pickup trucks brand new boats and like this federal agent that started working on the case just looked around one day he said literally he was having lunch uh, at the docks at a restaurant and he just started to notice all the nice shit right like everybody had real nice shit and there's no industry like awesome money making shit going on in this mm-hmm. town so check out Square Grouper, guys. It's a cool freaking movie. Hell yeah, man. True story of smuggling <laughs> Acapulco gold. i seen uh, it, man. We used to go down in the Keys and party down to Smuggler's Cove. Oh, yeah. That was named because it was the furthest point from the highway. Once the cops flipped their lights on, it took them, like, the, it was the furthest, you know, it took them, I think, like 12 minutes to actually make <laughs> it down that goddamn road. So it gave plenty of time. That's why it was Smuggler's Cove. How do you know that, Scotty? It was on the menu of the Smuggler's Cove bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get uh, let's get a little clip in here, guys. Uh, coming up here, November. Man, I better not jinx it. It's the weekend of the fifteenth, I believe. Yes, the fifteenth is a Saturday of November, and the sixteenth is the Indo Expo, I N D O Expo, Denver. Check it out, uh, industry expo. That's really tying a lot together. Everything from grow stores are going to be there, uh, light manufacturers like Black Dog LED, and of course the marijuana show, which is a reality show. First season's releasing, man. Pretty cool. Yeah, what are they saying? That's like Shark Tank meets The Apprentice? Yes. Sounds kind of interesting, though. So we got, I think it'd be real interesting. We're going to check out the release party. All the Dude Grows listeners, you're invited to the VIP release party for a public smokeout. Yeah, tell me y'all know the dude. Hang out here, listen to Karen from the Marijuana Show, and she'll tell you how and when and where and everything that's going on. Scotty, cut to the clip. Yeah, don't mention Scotty Real if you show up. I tried it. It doesn't do shit. (laughs) We'll be back after this, guys, with Grota. Come on. Peace. Be right back. All right, Mandel Dope. One plant, one season. We put in work out here. Hole diggers. Up early in the morning when I'm watering and feeding. One plant, one season. We put in so much work and yet no one's believing. All for one plant, one season. When the sun's down, I'll be watching, I ain't leaving. So much work, but yet no one's believing. It's one plant, one season. In January, I'm shopping for my seeds, looking for the new strains and the cross breeds. In February, I'm chopping down some trees, cause all day sunlight is what I'm gonna need. Now I'm up in March, let my seeds sprout. Paper towel for the start, rapid root is what I'm about. And tech lights begin to grow Rotate them into thousand watt That's if you really a pro Through April and May Then here comes June I've been digging holes Tilling the soil and making room 400 gallon smart pot Soil by the yard Mud on my shirt Hands dirty on the farm Up early in the morning When I'm watering and feeding Alright guys, we're back With a guest here A little bit of, what do we call it? A little bit of culture, huh Scotty? Absolutely, man. We are in the epicenter of culture here in Denver, man. <laughs> and to prove it, we're having ourselves a good old convention, my friends. Okay, we have Karen on the line from The Marijuana Show. How you doing, Karen? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. We got wind of this Indo Expo. That's I-N-D-O, guys. I was thinking maybe E-N-D-O, like the Indo. But uh, 
coming to Denver here. <laughs> and um, man, this uh, give us a, a brief summary of yeah the marijuana show. Tell people what it is and kind of what's it about. Yeah, sure. Uh, the marijuana show is a reality show, kind of like Shark Tank meets The Apprentice for budding entrepreneurs. Try to say that ten times fast. Entrepreneurs. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Uh, we were invited by the Indo Expo to to do our second auditions for season two. Uh, we're going to have a room there. Uh, it's going to be a special room just for the auditions. If people want to audition for season two, we're accepting any entrepreneur with a great idea that has a business plan to back it. And, you know, if you have a history of sales, that helps. Uh, some people came to audition one unprepared. So a shout out to people, just, you know, go on the internet and Google business plan. And it's it's pretty easy. There's templates out there just so that we know that you have an idea, a firm idea of what your business model is and how you're going to make money with your product. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Although it's although it's the cannabis business, there the word business is in there. So it is kind of funny when, uh, you know, of course, man, don't, you know, everybody, oh man, it's all about the money. Yes, anytime you're doing business, it's all about the money. It's all about return on investment. So if you're going there to try to find people to believe in you, you better convince them that you can return their investment with profits. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And so the event is November fifteenth and sixteenth at the Denver Mart. In Denver, and yeah, the Indo Expo is anticipating 8,000 people attending. Yeah, that's the same place the Cannabis Cup was, right? Same uh, place. Merchandise Mart in Denver. Yeah. Yeah, excellent, man. That's a great. That's a great place, man. That is a great place for a it's show. A, it's a great venue, and we'll be there with our own room. And uh, if you want to audition, you want to first register on the Marijuana Show, and our homepage is dedicated to the audition. So you just go to the Marijuana Show, you'll see audition for season two, and you fill that out. Pretty much simple, easy, and uh, and then you're in. And uh, we give you two minutes to pitch your product to the producers of the show. And if you get on season two, it's exciting because we are uh, we've got some great surprises in store, some new investors, some new mentors. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting to me. I'm definitely going to show up. I think the dude grows going to show up and uh, and do some interviews and whatnot on the first day, on the fifteenth. So come on out and see us, everybody. Yeah, fifteenth is industry day, and then sixteenth. Now, what is industry day? I think it means if you have a uh, either officially in the industry or have a like an MMD badge, if you're working in a dispensary or something, that works. Um, and if, yeah, if you're auditioning, go to that, that marijuana show.com. I saw a cool video on here. You guys put together. It was like a five minute something video about just showing people auditioning and showing like kind of some of the behind the scenes things. And it looked like a good, good thing to watch to get a few tips. I'm sure some people get extremely nervous with that two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's our sizzle reel. And, uh, CNBC liked it so much. They used it more than their own footage. Uh, we were pretty complimented by that one. Yeah, I, I dug it for sure. And there's everything here. It looked like from, I mean, if being interested from a grower to getting into the legal side of things, you have, so at the expo guys, there's attorneys, uh, some different grow stores, uh, black dog led. I saw, it looks like just across the board a great place to get some networking yeah done. definitely yeah it is i mean they, they advertise the las vegas event a little bit more than this but frankly i think this would be larger and, and have opportunities for people specifically in colorado that have great ideas they want to bring to market because everyone will be there we'll also have a limo outside with our uh logo the marijuana show and we'll be doing some uh exit interviews in there we'll have the general back he's one of our characters uh, Wendy and I and our camera crew of five plus our production assistants will be there. And it's 
it's going to be amazing, but you do have to get a red badge. And the only way to get a red badge is to sign up on our site and then show up and register with our, uh, with the general and our security team. Make sure to get you a spot. That sounds serious. The general and his security team. Yeah. I like saying that. <laughs> I mean, that was so much fun to say. You know, we're, we're pretty much a fun group, but we will have security at this venue because it's now, it's not just for the marijuana show. It's Indo Expo. And there is a $20 fee to get in for the general expo floor on Sunday. Uh, our audition mm-hmm. is affiliated, but it doesn't get you entrance by auditioning. You don't get any freebies. Sure, sure. Cost, cost money to put these on, guys. we got to reach into our wallets and support the people that, that are trying to grow this industry. I don't mind throwing a 20 at an event that, that brings cannabis business to the forefront. I'm glad to do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that $20 investment might get you the right connection to help take your business to the next level. I mean, Stephanie with Indo Expo is doing a dynamite job, attracting all the best cannabis businesses around. And uh, I think it's going to be one of the best events of the year. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was election day. Everybody voted. Man, we vote every single day with our dollars. And the more we show up and support people like this and events like this, the more events are going to come back and, and the more cannabis business is going to be welcome into the community. So this is key for us. Yeah. I can- Season one on the marijuana show. Um, sorry to interrupt, Karen, but I'm, I'm, I haven't seen any of these yet. And that's because you guys are just about to release it. Yes, right? we've been in the editing room uh, plugging away eight-hour weeks, basically. We have episodes one, two, and three ready to go. And we want to invite you and your viewers and listeners to a party. It's a it's a launch party November 17th at the Watering Bowl in Denver. And we're going to be doing a sneak preview of our first two episodes of season one. Um, so our actual season launch is the 18th, which is the next day. So the world will see it the day after. All of you guys. We'll see it with a drink in our hands, awesome. man. All right. Awesome. I'm down. A drink and a smoke. Yeah, if you're allowed smoke. to smoke at the watering bowl on Monday nights. Oh, hell yeah, man. Oh, I did not know that. I was just about to say we're really slacking there. I'm waiting for people to come. So come around with the uh, smoking in public. I didn't. How did they pull that off? That's great. Who cares? Let's smoke. Well, yeah, let's do it. The watering, <laughs> the watering bowl was our first location for auditions, and we learned – after being there, that on Monday nights, every Monday night, and for the last, well, since it's been legal, they have a club. And this is a cannabis club. Um, People come and they bring their own goods to imbibe. And there's also a -a bongathon, and there's all sorts of good stuff. There's over 200 people, some nights 300 people there. Uh, The venue is, uh, it's a large venue. It's at 5411 Leedsdale Drive in Denver. And I remembered that address because it was one of those things I had to put on every invite. But you and your listeners are invited. It's a special (laughs) VIP. Uh, Everyone's invited to come help us celebrate our first season and our launch. I'm already there. Cool. Is it it Monday yet? Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I know. Is it Monday? Just so you know, uh, we're going to start around 4.20 and we're going to show the uh, preview around 7 p.m. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I'm definitely showing up. Yeah, you guys, please come. Yeah, uh, you're, you'll be our up. guests, and we'd love to have you there and have you meet some of our crew. It's it's a great community we have here, and we love the Denver crowd. We're not from Denver, but we absolutely love Denver. All right. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it's one of the missions of the Dude Grow Show here is to be documenting this this industry evolve on our podcast. So that's the DenverWateringBowl.com, guys, and I love on their website it just says closed yeah. every Monday. Yeah, closed <laughs> every Monday because it's a smokeout. you got to be in the know to know. 
there you go. And now you know. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, excited to uh, hang out at the expo and see. Uh, you're going to have 200 people show up, you think, for auditioning? Do you, do you limit it to 200? Well, our first season, we had 200. Uh, 22 uh, made the second level, which is the challenge. And we had 10 finalists for season one. Okay. Really awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to awesome. see the rest of these. Well, thanks. Well, you'll you'll see the rest. We're going to release them every Tuesday at 420 uh, Pacific Standard Time. What is the easiest way to see it? I mean, what would you prefer as far as you guys are going to be on YouTube, I think? Like, what other networks or potential channels? Or, yeah, how do you recommend people watch The easiest it? way to see it is the Marijuana Show. We're going to feature it on our homepage. Uh, the, the second easiest way is okay. our YouTube channel, the Marijuana Show YouTube channel. The third way will be revealed... <laughs> shortly, which is a number of content syndication partners, some you've probably already heard of, that we can only name once everything is finalized. But that's coming soon. All right. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like big time. That sounds like the big time networks, maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Karen. We'll see you at the Indo Expo, guys. Again, that's I-N-D-O Expo and actually I-N-D-O-E-X-P-O-C-O. Com. But if you just Google the Indo Expo, you'll find it here in Denver. It is coming up here November 15th and 16th. And, yeah, don't forget the party. Lastly, that's – I mean, the party at the Watering Bowl, you said it's the, the 18th, party, Yeah, there's a lot of dates here. No, the party's the 17th, Monday night. Take the whole weekend off, man. Even take Monday off. What the hell? Yeah. Perfect. All right. We'll take it easy, Karen. Looking forward to hanging out and networking and, yes, yeah, seeing this awesome industry turnout at the Expo. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for the interview. I really appreciate your getting the shout-out for us, and uh, we'll see you soon. I we'll can't wait. We'll see you there. See you there. Awesome. Right thanks, on. Karen. We'll be right back, okay, guys. Bye. Thanks. Mando Dope, Oldie, the tree planter, and Pato Banton. We do not sniff the coke. Dedicated to the ganja farmers all over the world. The healing of the nation. Ganja. The cannabis culture. The seed planters who sprout life. Oldie and Pato Banton. Now let me tell you this one story, it was nothing but the truth The first time I didn't seen the weed man, I was just a youth This man gave me a seed, said give it water, let it root And you can grow this plant yourself and keep it for personal use So I took it in my hand and headed home to grow this wana I put it in the soil and became a ganja farmer Now everybody smoked it, even President Obama But when it comes to coke, I do not like it, I'm a Ghana I do not sip the coke, I only smoke Sentinela I do not sip the coke, I only smoke Sentinela I do not so this is Courtney from Colorado, definitely bigging up the dudes from the Dudo Show. You gotta check them out. Doing this talk with this brother guy, the good essence of, you know what I mean? You definitely want to keep it real. Dudegrows.com. What's up, guys? We're back with the Grow Talk. Grow, grow is a talk. Keep keep coming up with some good ones. You got anything new? <laughs> you know? I'm just here to laugh, man. I'm just here to encourage you, brother. The hot and spicy Grow Talk. <laughs> Not in a sexual way. That is because I like hot sauce. <laughs> All right, guys. These come in off of dudegrows.com over there. You can get a hold of the dude, Scotty. Yeah. Send us a question, comment. We're, we're getting we're getting better, uh, getting back to people quicker. When guys got grow problems, you know, we definitely want to help out all we can. You know, kind of like car talk. Oh, I got to say peace out there to Tom, actually. That good good old show car talk that's been around forever, one of the – one of the hosts passed away. He did? Yes. Oh, well, man. I, I saw the best, or I listened to the best prank phone calls with those guys, man. They would call up. It was great, man. They 
crushed those guys. Yeah, they, they had they have they had some good talent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Frosty Frosty has a comment in here and some questions and get, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into it. First off, though, I wanted to say one of the luxuries of the site is Frosty gave gave some feedback on uh, on Mr. Reels talking up. Uh, we talk up uh, living soil and microbes a lot on the show, and I kind of felt it. It's like I, I like to hear feedback from the listeners on. Um, you know, somewhat of the direction of if they think we should go in this direction a little bit more or another direction. And I kind of felt that, you know, in review, I was like, man, do we talk about microbes too much? Yes. Whenever anybody <laughs> fucking tells me that they're growing without them, the fuck do you want me to say, man? You should start with microbes. You well, know? So when pe- people tell me that they're having problems, I'm like, hey, well, you know, you know what really fixes problems? Building a nice living soil. Well, let's try and perfect this grow talk Come and on, see if let's uh, do you it. guys, uh, you t- you two, Frosty, give us the feedback and say, did to give us the vote? Was it too much microbe heavy or not? So let's get into it. <laughs> Come on, what All you right. got, brother? We let's got, a, hear we got it. an email here from Frosty. He says, <clears throat> "We'll break it down a little too. It's a, it's a good one." He says, "Hi guys, thanks for doing everything you do." He's a newbie gardener. He's had a crash course in the last year on how to cultivate indoors, and I understand how that goes, man. Uh-huh. Once you get everything going, your first grow, it's like almost stressful before it gets therapeutic. Says he's currently coming out of a pH crisis, which sucks. Um, he was experiencing lockout on all his mothers and babies and preflower, but couldn't figure out why. He grabbed a ppm and pH meter to see what was happening. Everybody, you should invest in those tools if you're gardening, if you can. They're not essential, but almost. Um, <clears throat> so he realized that is runoff. Now runoff, guys, is what comes out of the bottom of the container um, after you water. You should be watering to runoff to collect your whatever's leaching out in your saucer and if you'd like to test that ph you can test that ph and uh it should give you somewhat of a representation of what's going on in your soil and he said his uh ph was his runoff was 7.5 which i'm not totally upset with on runoff no not really uh he was pouring tap water through which averages 80 parts per million um and that had been ph to 6.5 he said his tap water fluctuates from 7 to 7.5 i see that too in my own but he doesn't believe that was the problem, nor do I. I mean, those are minor fluctuations, nothing crazy going on there. Um, so at the grow store he went to, we went to pick up a pH product called Natural Up by Earth Juice. And he says he liked it because it seemed like a more natural pH product, and he started using it. And we talked about those products earlier here than we featured in the show. And I, I use these products too, actually, the Earth Juice Natural P Up, pH Up and Down. P Up. P Up, yo. Um, he said he didn't have meters back then, which I understand, you know, really good meters set you back about a hundy. Um, and since he grabbed the meters, he realized that after mixing a nutrient solution, he's using Roots Organic Lineup. Now, let's go over that real quick. Roots Organic Lineup is a pretty heavy, murky, like gnarly organic. You know, they got some good stuff, like a heavy fulvic. They're based, they're, I think it's Buddha Grow and right. Bloom. Right. Um, like, definitely want to shake those bottles up before you use them. Uh, and it's not that it's bad stuff by any means, but it's, it's some it's some funk, it's some funk to grow some funk. Nothing right. wrong with that those products. Uh-uh. He said he'd get the uh, ppm of about six hundred. So, you know, don't let's address that real quick. Ppms and organics don't really go along. You can check it out if you want to. I never do. I just go off of what I know to use. Even on the Soul Synthetics lines, which is from the same company, Aurora Innovations, I. I just use, you know, I know I'm using either a tablespoon or two. I don't worry about PPMs. Well, and if the pen's measuring salt. That's a salt yeah, measurement device. So you're not going to get accurate measurements with your organics. Uh, you just, you, organics you learn to use as you go. You learn to use, you know, as much as the plant wants, and it's kind of a learning curve of where a few grows with organics. Right. And then you get them dialed in. 
Uh, so then you said his pH dropped to 4.0, which at first you're like, okay, that's, that is low. That's kind that, of, that's really low, man. Um, but I've seen that too. When I used to mix up, uh, general organics, the, the pH was ultra low. Like it was like, you know, that four, sometimes it'd be three, seven. I'm like, shit. And that's why I called general hydroponics. Like, what the hell, man, this is too low. I don't want to water this in. Right. Like, no, you're good. Uh, so <clears throat> he was using the earth juice natural up a lot of it to bring the pH up to 6.5. He said he added over a thousand PPMs to his nutrient solution. So his natural up, his pen's reading the citric acid, I would, I would assume the PPMs and the citric or no, that's sorry. That's the natural down. Right. No, the, it's reading the potassium, potassium bicarbonate. Sure. Um, so, I mean, we, inqu- we inquired for you frosty and we, we all kind of came to the conclusion. I wanted to ask, uh, uh, some of the guys on the staff here where we're hanging out at way to grow. And I was like, man, when I use natural up, I, I usually wouldn't have issues, but maybe you're using, an, like you said, an exceptionally larger amount or, a, or what could be a negative dose because you're trying to go from 4.0 pH to 6.5. And the trick there is you don't need to take it up to 6.5 cause you're, you're using your organics. And that's where Scotty was getting into the, the beneficials because anybody using organics should be using beneficials. And there are just some naturally some beneficials occurring in bottles of organics too, to my knowledge. Sure. Uh, but uh, I agree, man. You, you, you did good detective work, I'll call it here, as far as saying that you were getting negative plant growth from using too much natural up, uh, that pure potassium bicarbonate, and made a good move in deciding that, you know, he's like, basically, this is what I tell anybody to do, especially if I'm not on site. You know, what do I do? It's like, you got flush with pH adjusted water, try and reset your plants. And that's what he did. He did a flush. If, if you Google potassium bicarbonate, by definition, it is salt, salty and slightly basic. OK, that means that it's not going to raise the pH a lot. It's going to raise it, raise it slightly. In yeah. A salty, ma- you know, with, with with potassium salts. Well, if so you that put, sounds pretty goddamn dangerous to me, man. If you put pH, this natural up or down in just plain water, it fluctuates. It, fluctuates quick because there's no buffers right right when you have to get through as in, in dude's wording like once you have all that organic nutrient and whatnot in there it's hard to get it to to adjust up and down without like scotty's saying adding a bit more and i guess that's because organics like if i have plain water at seven and a gallon i will just need to add maybe a half teaspoon and that that's going to jump up to 8.8 or something right nutrient mixed organic nutrient solution with that will only make it fluctuate slightly probably from like seven to 7.3 you got to add more because i believe the the organic nutrients like i guess buffering it would be the and like not letting the ph adjustment buff it up or down right if that's the right terminology with the buffing and whatnot but his plants are recovering i mean as far as doing the flush flushing out what was a build-up to him of the uh, potassium bicarbonate and that's definitely the right thing to do is just is just flush out. Um, and I, I'm curious, get get back to us, Frosty, how that Roots Organics line is working for you. The only reason I never fully liked it is because the bases are real thick, man. Like, I had a, like almost a sl- sand sludge on the bottom. I think it might be the guanos in there. Right. But I bet you the shit works pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I pissed Frosty off because I gave him a real quick answer, which was uh, – you know, I, I, all I had was the information he gave me. So I said, hey, man, well, 
if you, I don't know why you're going nuts with the pH of seven five. If you had a bunch of soil microbes in there, I think that you should be okay. Stop talking about the microbes, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, you know, but and you, you know, it turns out that he uses microbes heavy. And of course, I sound like a broken record talking about microbes, but I mean, it's pretty much the start of gardening is to creating a living soil. So when somebody tells me, "Hey, I'm throwing tons of pH up." on my on my soil my and and i'm growing organically the fuck do you say except man maybe you want to stop throwing a ton of ph on there and start worrying about your microbes man stop worrying about your ph so much and start worrying about your microbes. yeah that's that's the move i mean maybe if you're if you're if you got in your nutrient solution at 4.0 and you can add a limited amount of the uh, ph up which i still i still would stick myself with the earth juice just Get it up to 5.2 maybe, you know, help it a little. Look, I, I, yeah, I don't know what he's experiencing, but it's not, it's my, it is my experience that when using full organics that you don't worry about pH. You just straight up don't worry about it. Yep. I, I hate Jeremy over at Build-A-Soil, same way. I mean, he's all about organics, making his own soil, uh, all kinds of cool shit. He's, he's like, I don't own a pH pen, so. And I'm curious, I know this dude was adding a ton of microbes in there. Jeez, I feel like I should get just shocked every time I say the word <laughs> yes. microbes now. I have to get a little <laughs> taser for you. But was he killing them with all this potassium bicarbonate that he's slamming on there? A thousand parts per million? I should yeah. know he's shutting some of them down. Well, well he, we'd like to get into a little advice. He said, you know, let's talk about some flushing then for a minute. As far as uh, differences, some detailed advice on flushing. Um, looking for the different options out there. Should you flush if you're Flushing plants? organics? Good luck. Well, he had to flush in the sense of his buildup. But He's let's flushing say he, the potassium salts out. Yeah. Yeah. So do you flush at that point with... Uh, potassium salts aren't organic, though. Let's get that straight, man. Yeah. So, But they are flushable. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, because okay. they're salts. You can flush salt, but not if you're using a ton of organics. When you use... Well, you flush them in just the plain water. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter, man. Those, the, that salt, that salt has already bound up with the microbes. <laughs> you got to get your microbes are going. sticky, man. Now that salt's all stuck. Now you got salty microbes, is what you got. Sounds like something I might order. It's, it's yeah. It's actually you know it's it's good for when when you're growing with and when you add a bunch of NPK and the, all the, all that NPK sticks into the into the soil with all the sticky microbes, all the sticky organic goodness. All yeah, right, that's well, great. Let's, man. let's switch gears to just a couple tips. We'll say for the growers out there that just could be in any situation involving flushing. So I mean, reasons to flush are either you think you're starting to see burn in your plants from nutrients. It's the end of a cycle. You're you know. Anywhere from ten, two weeks to a week out, depending on your growing technique, you use plain pH-adjusted water. Now, in a problematic situation, let's say you think somebody messed up the garden, they <coughs> overfertered it, or uh, if you know what happened. Like, for example, if I knew somebody overfertered the garden, I was trying to correct that problem. But we're talking organics or inorganics uh, because it's a completely different universe. One, you're gardening here, and one, you're gardening on the fucking moon, man. That this is true. I mean, if you add too much guano and you're seeing burn from that, good luck flushing it out. Good like luck, you said. Man. So I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking using. Then this would be first the the synthetic realm. Right on. Um, for a hydro grower, you guys, you'll see the results from a flush sometimes within half a light cycle. Shit happens quick if your garden's dialed. So uh, uh, let's just. I'll, off the top of my head, I'll fire them off. Like, say, your hydro grower, somebody overfertage your garden. You know that's the problem. Simply run your system for half a light cycle. I'd probably go a full light cycle with plain 
plain water, no nutrients, pH adjusted, cycle that through. And if you have growing media that you think has high sources of chemical nutrient in it, such as rock wool, hydrogen, etc., you could do a couple flushes. I used to fill up a hydro system, deep water culture, let it run for like, you know, two hours. Then I'll drain all that water and fill it back up, let it run for another two hours. And I could see my PPMs going down and I was succeeding at what I was trying to do. All right, get your fucking hate letters out, everybody. Because if you dump a shitload of fucking microbes on there, the microbes engulf and they start solubilizing that nutrient and they eat it and they hold it. They store it. They don't just automatically deliver that nutrient to the plant roots till the plant root sends a signal. I like it. All right. Yeah, so... I, I don't. I'm just saying that they there really is a lot of use. Okay. For, well, no, you keep chiming in, and I'll keep doing. Tips, <laughs> yeah. Tip, there, tip there's you know when when you start adding a bunch of organic living soil microbes to, to to your soil, you end up with a bulletproof soil. You end up with one that has huge buffer ranges, both pH and nutrient buffers. I don't. Bulletproof is a little aggressive. Well, but Yes. I am packing recharging shotgun shells now, man. So you can <laughs> shoot that shit right into the ground. Man. I like it. Uh, now, in a soilless, uh, I don't care, ocean forest, peat, cocoa, whatever you got going on, non-hydro, <clears throat> chemical nutrient again, what you want to do is, if you can, it, I don't like flushing plants that are already not thirsty. I try to wait till my plants are at least somewhat thirsty. Uh, you know, if your plant's been wet, like you just watered yesterday and you know you don't need to water for two days, I usually like to try and wait a little bit if I can. Uh, and that's to flush the burn out of those. Just, again, use pH-adjusted water. I don't believe in any of the flushing solutions myself, or at least I don't use any of them and haven't in a long, long time. Um, and then, yeah, get back to a watering regimen, water back in at half, you know, half rate, your next watering. As far as any time, when can you think of any time you'd want to uh, – do a flush with quarter. Some people say flush your plants with quarter strength nutrient solution. The fuck is that, man? <laughs> I mean, I guess there what you're trying to get is you're You're worried. trying to say you don't want to shock your plants by having them touch plain water. You always want to have some low nutrient water going in there and slowly lower the nutrient solution down without shocking them. I'll tell people to use quarter nutrient strength solution if they're I don't know, like let's say the plants are uh, held up because of a bug infestation and you know they're not performing um, in, that, in that situation. if The plants are still kind of chugging along, but they're not performing, you know, so you do not need to feed them. And on top of that, you're probably treating them with some type of product, be it chemical or natural or spraying the plants or if you're treating the root zone. Especially when you're treating the root zone, I say use quarter strength nutrient solution because the plant's going to be stressing anyway. Right. So that's a time to use it. Um, flushing with quarter strength, I don't know, not so much. Usually whenever I'm flushing, plain water, pH yeah, adjusted. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's how I'd roll with the different different flush techniques. And yeah, the time take your nutrient, cut it in half, then double it. And then in the times in hydro, as far as the flushing for finish, I can see that done in a week in hydro, seven days, even sometimes almost six. You're like, damn, the system's just like the plants just start going yellow a lot quicker. Any other growing media, cocoa, soil, soilless. I, if you can, guys, try, try 10 days first and then, you know, go to two weeks because the two week flush might freak out a little bit sometimes when people see their plants starting to really yellow and leaves. You know how I like to do it. Sure. But leaves there's a couple off different thoughts on flush i mean one at the end of life you know at the end of the plant's life you can flush the nutrients out but you can also time it so that it's exhausting those nutrients you mean just starting to use less and less as yeah you, you exactly so by the time that the plant's done it hasn't gotten nutrients for 10 days it's 
exhausted them. It's been eating and eating whatever's in the soil, yeah. and now it's frustrated and and, ripening. and stressed and ripening. Yeah, flowers take but, on those nice ripening attributes. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm having a hard time here, man. I'm a microbe grower. <laughs> I'm a living soil grower. That's my style. So to tell me I can't talk about microbes or involve them in my uh, in in my gardening. Gee, I don't know what the fuck to say, man. You know, well, there's no point. Just remember that microbes are sticky. So that if you're using them, don't expect to go. You've used microbes and recharge whatever for, you know, the whole time. Now you're going to go try to wash that shit out. Good luck, man. It ain't going to happen. You've got to grow that shit out. You've got to exhaust what you, you've got to make sure that you're limiting the inputs towards the end of your cycle so that you can exhaust them naturally. I like it. I'll take it. All right, we've got to go into the next question. We've got to switch it up here, switch it up on Mr. Real. He's looking a little, little, little at, m- microbial agitated. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I screwed know, up man. microbial for people so that they can get a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Talk about lights or something. I got man. a comment. Yeah, we do need to get some more. Well, I shouldn't say that. We had Yair on a few episodes back from Gavita right. Lighting. But um, we've got a comment here from Darren. He is a small recreational grower looking to expand my room without adding any more lights. So right there, I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, more lights equals much higher electric bills yeah, and heat. Yeah. Uh, what's your thought on light movers to expand flowering rooms? I currently have four 1,000-watt setups in an 8 by 8 room. So he's got that room, like, totally maxed. Yeah, that sounds to the about max. right. Um, so he's since, since they have four by four footprints, he's looking to expanding into an eight by 16 room. So basically doubling his size with each light on a four foot mover, staggering all the lights to have the most cross light possible. This is also to be clear. I will, I will be able to double the plant or will I be able to double the plant out without adding more light possible to get more yield? Uh, is it possible? So, what do you what do you think, Scott? Man, I I tried this. I had I used to do four plants in my room, one plant under each light, and it looked like there was a little bit of wasted space. And I thought to myself, and I have an eight by eight room, and I thought to myself, let me pull them apart, pull the lights apart a little bit, and put two plants in the center there. And I just harvested those plants recently, and where I'm used to getting. A pound and three quarters to two to two pounds per light. Uh, now I'm getting maybe a half a pound to three quarters of a pound from those plants. I'd say like a half a pound per plant, not even three quarters. Yeah. So. I mean, you've said it before. I mean, you're not watts or what? Like you're not going to make them grow more flower than a watt's going to grow. I mean, a watt is a watt. Just because yeah. you move it around. But they, efficiency is something. If I can get. A, a little more efficiency. I, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is the jury's still out. I still got great yields off the plants that were, you know, the lion's share of them were under the 1,000-watt the lights. And then the supplemental lighting, you know, in, in between there, because it was in between two lights, I kind of got the, you know, the residual light off both of the fixtures. I didn't do great. You know, I got maybe got a third or a quarter of what I would normally harvest. It's something, though. Yeah, I mean, there are advantages. Light rails, basically, I mean, and if you are going to go with a light rail, go with the uh, light rail. I think it's LR3 or Light Rail 3 is the website. I wouldn't go with a, li- I wouldn't go with a mover, man. Well, here's the advantages to a mover. I'll say, I mean, if I had a longer, narrow space, 
I, I wouldn't mind using a mover at all. But I always look at the expense of light rails uh, anywhere from, I think they're 300 something up to 500 something, depending. Right. And the expense of adding a new light. You're, if you add new lights, you're definitely going to get more yield. What a light rail do, the, the bonus points of them are they, they do eliminate hot spots. They definitely give you a uniform canopy. And, you know, if you go, they did some studies. They set up some grow rooms, I believe, at their location on cherry tomatoes or something. And they mm-hmm. said, I think it was off the top of my head, like 25% more yield on the, the light remover uh, room than the room with the not being moved at all. I think Makes they moved sense. one 1,000 watt like a little bit. <clears throat> so I think you'll get a little bit more yield. It can be tricky setting those up, especially if your lights are air-cooled. You got you know, everything is moving. So you got to have enough slack in all your air-cooled lines, uh, et cetera. If I had... An eight by sixteen. Like he's looking to go from a eight by eight to eight by sixteen. Room. Right. I mean, he's already that eight by eight room with four thousand watts in it. It's like, to, I know real estate is valuable in indoor gardens, but to do anything in there, he, you better be just like pressed against the wall of plant material. Like that's damn right, man. So I would run if you could. I would just add two more thousands, and I would run six thousand watts in your eight by sixteen room and have enough room in there to not be. I like to have enough room. To walk around a little at least, completely check out the garden. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a production grower, that that's all that matters, period. Throw eight lights in that 8 by 16 no, I dig what you're saying, man. You are on to something. I'd grow. I'd just add two more two more thousands and have 6,000 watts, and you're going to do better than, than adding that uh, light rail mover. And as far as what do you think about he's saying he wants to uh, – he wants to double the plant count, but he wasn't going to add any more here's, light. Here's what I'm thinking, okay? Just exactly what you said. You've got a 16-foot room, you know, in, in an 8 by 8 room with two lights. It's a, a light every four feet, right? Yeah. Okay. In a 16-foot room, three lights is a light, what, every, you know, what, about five and a half feet, something like that? Five, yeah. 10, 15? Okay. So you're stretching out the lights. You're, you're increasing the distance between the lights. This is the same exact thing that I did in my room when it went from four to six plants. Now, granted, you're not going to get the same yields in between, but you'll get, you know, 50% yields, 30 to 50%. So even if he's taking his lights out, he's got these four lights and he's spreading them out with, I don't know, Four foot in between them, three foot in between them. Even if he's going, man, what would you have to go? If you got two lights, if he's only going to keep his two lights in the 16-foot room, I don't think that's going to work. What are you going to put, five foot in between them? <laughs> what the fuck's that going to do, Well, he's got man? four lights, so if he goes to the 16 Yeah, but it's, it's 16 foot long is all I'm thinking of. So, you, know, that, yeah. that'll be, you know, each row is 16 foot long. If he takes his two lights and puts them in there, you're certainly not going to get full coverage. With three lights... You'd probably get pretty damn close to full coverage. You put them, what, every, every you know, 55 inches or so? Yeah, and, and doubling the plant count, not definitely not. it's not going to— You can double the plant count. You just might not double the yield. No, you need more light. But I do believe depending on, you know, some plants, um, depending on genetics, I've seen you're like, man, if I'd rather grow four of these instead of one really big one. But other plants— that are really aggressive, for example, the island sweet skunk. I wouldn't mind growing one really big one of those, but I've definitely, so I think it can help because you can trim away a lot of the side flowers and have more colas with more plants, more prime flowering. Right. If you had double the plant count under 4,000, yeah, if you're growing 10 plants 
under 4,000 watts or 20 plants under 4,000 watts. The yield, I'm thinking, is going to be pretty close to the same. It's Similar. Still 4, you might watts. get a little bit heavier yields because you can grow some, you More know, some five-gallon buckets on the side that get you two ounces or something yeah, like true. that. You know, you some can kind of do that. Some of the side fluff. Yeah. You don't want to trim anyway. Yeah, but that, you know, you really need the, the concentrated light from... You know, right, being right under the light to get those hard nug buds, those top shelf buds. All right, well, let's test your knowledge on, because uh, I'm kind of weak here. We got a comment in from Rome on sexing. Yeah, tell him I love them with sublime, man. Says, <laughs> say, I've got four plants all in solo cups. So, how long or how many nodes does there need to be before I can take a cutting and put it into flower? My number two compact fluorescent light was so far away for the first week that his babies stretch like Jack Beanstalk. Yeah. <laughs> now he's in week two, and he said, "Should I replant them to put some steam deeper to put some steam yep. deeper in the soil?" Yep. Um, and he said, "His number three flower tent is three by three by six inside." Okay, wait. That, let's let's stop there because that's a CO2 question. So basically, yeah, so the plants in the solo cups, right? Don't clone it in the solo wanna, cup, man get them out basically at least into a uh like one gal yeah yeah just get, let them get some appendages man what, you you, what the hell are you gonna clone in that solo cup man there's, there's <laughs> well and he's know. wanting to take the yeah the tops off and then immediately go to flowering which i guess you, you, that you can't i mean obviously that's not recommended at all he's gonna flower production. in solo cups he, so let's say and this might be possible he's got 16 what solo cup 16 ounce right sure Typically, hopefully, he's got the big ones, not the ones like you use with mouthwash. <laughs> if you have those, definitely repot. But let's, yeah, the 16-ounce, the party keg cups. If he's going to repot, I mean, you could grow a plant in there that... Watering um, it every six hours, Yeah, man. you better be ready to water a lot. Yeah, but let's say you grow a plant that's a foot tall in a solo cup. Instead of growing them in a solo cup, go to Walmart and buy one of those uh, 18 or 24-inch by 6-inch planters. Uh, he's just eager to see what's the females, you know. So, Yeah, but what, still, it's gonna, he's going to come home from an 8-hour shift, and they're going to be dried and yeah, wilted. It, that it's is a huge challenge. You put them in a big trough and just pull out what you, you, know, what you don't need, man. What's not working, pull them out. And this, he's asking how many nodes does a plant need before uh, taking a cutting? Uh, the correct answer is three point. The correct answer is microbes. <laughs> you got it. Jesus. Forget the nodes. Just think microbes. <laughs> no. I would say, I mean, minimum, I'd like a plant to be fairly, I mean, real healthy looking. Better have, you know, more than just one appendage with several nodes. It better have, you know, three or four or five branches coming off it, three or four cloning sites off it. Because if you go and clone 100% of the plant, I mean, it's yeah, gone. If you're, if you're cloning, like, yeah, at 40%, like, that thing's going to be held up. It yeah. will recover, but it's going to be pissed. And plus, man, strong moms, strong kids, man. You know what I'm saying? So if you got some little, little plant growing in a keg cup. It is going to make your cloning harder. Yeah, that, that shit ain't built up yet, man. So, yeah, I'd say... Take your time, replant uh, one or transplant one time. Wait a week. It make sure the plant's healthy, and then uh, I'd say at least a foot tall and a little bit bushy. And I could I could see taking a couple cuts, and then sending it off into flower and keep everything labeled very well. Yeah, um, let the thing go to college. Let it mature. Let it grow up a little bit, man. Yeah, let it have some fun before it's forced to reproduce. Yeah, man. Shit gets. You have to be responsible. Oh wait, wait a minute. Okay. Don't come on so heavy, man. <laughs> so. uh he is next asking, uh, his flower tent is uh, three by three by six. 
which is inside a nine by seven storage room. So a room in a room. All right. And he says he's having a little trouble raping. Oh my gosh! I said raping his head. <laughs> <laughs> leave it. Leave it to the dude. Wrapping his head around. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> Wrapping his head around the whole idea of the concealed room, so I can run or yeah, concealed or just no air exchange, closed room to run CO2. He's got a sealed, concealed room. Yes, man. you walk into that 9x7 room and you cannot even see the tents. Uh, so basically, running, in a nutshell, quickly, we talked about it uh, episode 46-2, I believe, but if you have a 3x3 three three tent, you want to run CO2 in it, hopefully you have air-cooled light in there, uh, or a fluorescent that's just not getting it too hot, and you just you can't be always taking the air out of that tent or else you're taking your CO2 out of that tent. So in order to use CO2, you definitely have to have at least, I say, a half hour of every hour where the air, or, you know, let's 15 minutes before your fan kicks on to exhaust, 15 minutes off, so your room can benefit from the CO2 enrichment, either via the 20-pound CO2 canister. But for a 3 by 3 tent, man, um, run this product, which I do, called the Exhale Bag. Uh, I've measured. It brought my... my uh, smaller eight bulb bedroom from 380 parts per million to about 720 and it lasts at least a month probably a little bit longer and that's just a mushroom compost bag that like breathes off co2 as it composts and that shit works good for small closed in spaces your your plants will benefit for sure right on uh he goes he wants to know about flushing a 50 50 soil and peat mix around week three to five of flowering Will the PPMs actually get down to zero when flushing? I mean, how much time you got? Yeah. <laughs> how much water? I remember back in the day, I grew one of my containers. Instead of individual containers, I'd plant like five plants in a 100-gallon reservoir I had on hand. And, you know, it's like a foot and a half deep. It's pretty big. holds a lot of growing medium. And then I had a drain hole on it. I was like, I'm going to flush this bitch out. I'm going to get it real low. And right when I started flushing, you know, the meter wouldn't even read it. It was above 2,000. And I think I got it down to like 700 after eight hours. I'm like, dude, no way. Like, this is good. We just keep running the water through and through and through it. So don't count on on getting it down to zero or even close by any means. Uh, and, yeah, don't sweat it either. Yeah, is your water zero? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely do a good flush. My rule of thumb is I'll just say in a five-gal, I want to get at least – a gallon of water out of it if I'm flushing. So one gallon per five gallons of growing medium would be my off the top of my head recommendation. And uh, yeah, and just he says, do I need to jack the PPMs up next time I feed? No, just go right back to your regular nutrient regimen. Plants can take a break just like we can. They don't always have to be at like you know full on rev turbo. Even though you probably like that, Scotty. Yeah, all you can eat every day, man. Where the buffet. <laughs> Um, all right, let's kick it. Let's kick it on to, uh, let's kick it on to what else we got. How are we on the same weed, man? I don't know. I feel like I could do goddamn gymnastics, man. Yeah, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little slow today. Maybe I need more, more, more caffeine. I got to get that coffee with the caffeine and cannabis. Oh, forget I've tanked about three of these green coffee extracts here. Oh, that's right. You're having that green, green, green tea extract. No, it's coffee bean extract, man. Oh, so you're, you're going right to the source. Yeah, I think it is just, that's a fancy way of saying naturally occurring caffeine powder. That coffee drinks like equivalent to the 70% THC dabs. What? (laughs) Slow down. Yes. 
Uh, let's get into, uh, let's see here. We got, let's, uh, let's talk about a Cappy, man. The captain coming on here and contributing yes. to the show. Uh, he had a great article on uh, drying and, and, and curing. And basically, you know, a whole 10-point 10 10 point thing on it. And I wanted to cover, not the whole thing, but some of the, the good points. We had a, a listener chime in that said, great summary, Cappy. Uh, good point here. Colorado's low humidity, often 20%. Yeah, it can be definitely. Often 9%, man. <laughs> Mr. Real was just talking to me the other day. He's like, ah, I forgot you told me. Yeah. Are your hands supposed to fall apart, man? <laughs> yeah, coming from uh, back in the day from Florida where when it, oh, I go there on vacation now, I just suck up humidity like a sponge. But, yeah, it can start cracking. I wear flip-flops all the time, so my feet are cracking. But it definitely poses additional drying and curing, curing challenges. Uh, the danger is... What, the, here it does? Yeah, yeah. The, I like, love it, man. It's like a curing machine here. Man. <laughs> so the danger in letting the buds dry out too fast... The thing that helps is actually adding humidity as you dry with a humidity-controlled environment that you can ratchet down over several days, for example. And then they talk about the Bovita packets are key for the curing stage here. Now, that's not the drying. That's the curing. So basically, um, real quick, I agree with the fact, two things. I, I bet you when I cure my herb in the summer here, it takes about six days. And then now... Uh, when you cure it or dry or Sorry, it. when I dry it. It yeah. takes about six days. And then when I uh, dry it now, this is like 15% probably humidity in the area. It's right. Like three days. And I, I think that does take away probably a little bit from the drying process. Might too quick maybe to get a little bit more of that chlorophyll or just a little bit of a different flavor. Definitely. But you can't regulate a small, like your drying room, you can't regulate that. Like I have a bathroom that I'm drying it in. You know, a closed-off bathroom. And by, since it's such a small room. You just let the shower run in there? No. <laughs> You would think that of me, wouldn't you? That sounds like something I would say. But, uh, no, I just closed the door, and the plants are putting off a ton of humidity in there. I guess it matters if you're, grow if you're putting one little plant in there or a big monster. But you put one or two big monsters in a small room, it will absolutely change the humidity. So, if you know, after I get the initial moisture out, I close that door up, and it stays about 50%, right around 50% humidity, which is perfect for drying. Yeah, I'll have to. I think I will try and add some humidity next time for when I'm doing the uh, drying this time of year because it's so damn dry here. And um, put it in a box after a couple of days too. It'll slow it the fuck down big time. And be careful with that. Make sure the box is after. I think I've gotten residual odor off that before, but could be just me. I mean, the opposite is drying in Florida. I saw one time and it was like. You had to hang up bags that added humidity, I think. Uh, no, no, that took humidity away. Oh, yeah, you're right. That took humidity. Yeah, it was so, it's so humid there. I mean. How long would it take, like, if you didn't do that, like, 10 days? They're just hanging up, trying to dry. <laughs> well, the thing is, you everything's air-conditioned in Florida, so air conditioning a lot of times will get you, you know, 50% humidity. Air conditioning pulls humidity out of a room big time. So by using air conditioning... And by keeping the fan motor on all the time, you're able to uh, regulate the humidity when it's too humid out. Yeah. And I like another point on here on this uh, article. You guys can find it uh, over at dudegrows.com. You'll see it right there on the homepage. Right next to his new article up this week, man. Ten steps in this article. Step number ten, which I believe was the last one. Right. Is uh, uh, a listener made the point. This is the hardest step for people to do. So basically after you dry, guys... Uh, and you know it's dry by, and I'm just summarizing this article for you. Typically, you can check a stem snapping, and you get used to knowing how the flowers feel. You're like, all right, those need to go into a jar. 
Um, and then you base you get it in your container. You're going to go into the process of burping that container, depending. It could be a few times or it could be, but you really want to be careful on that part. I've, I've gotten burnt one time. I lost a quarter pound because I thought that process was done and I had to go on a vacation uh, to Florida of all places. And I came back, man, in that jar, you, not on the outside part of the nugs, but it got, like, balled up. And then inside that ball, you'd break it apart, you know? A whole bunch of those nugs, when you have it, they can get sticky together, and there's mold. It's How do disgusting. I owe you a quarter pound for that, man? And it was <laughs> four days. Now, next time, man, one time I went on vacation, and I had to get a neighbor on, on burping duty. I'm like, look, man, all I need you to do, another guy that toked lives close to me, is come over at least once a day. And open all these containers and close them back up. You're all going to take one butt out and go. That yes. is a hell of a. That's like I had just fed the neighbors goldfish, man. I wish I could burp their weed, man. It's way <laughs> better. That's a fucking upgrade, man. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you just got to be careful with that. So you really want to check it at least two times a day during the process once you put it in a container, and then you'll get used to it. You're like, okay, the first date needed a couple burps, the second day a couple, the third day maybe one, and then after that you really cut it down to where maybe even just once a week you're checking on it. Right. And you want to, if you can, you know, cure it out over a month or two, which is the hardest part because you're you're gonna according according to Captain here, you're getting uh, the natural decarbonization process and that really helps turn in flavor as well as turns the THCA. What kind of process? <laughs> let's, let's see if I got it. Decarbo, decarboxylation. <laughs> oh, man. You got you, you put me on the spot and I had to like, dribble it out. Uh, right. If I think about it, I don't even know if I can say it. Decarboxylation. Will you, will you, you edit go. in a, a hot woman's sexy voice there that says it properly for me? Thank you. All right. So that's the process that turns the THCA into THC. And... Uh, I agree. That is a hard process, especially if you don't have any other herb on hand. You're like, fuck that. I'm smoking. Some yeah. Up. I mean, I got to hook up my buddy over here. Gotta- hey, by the way, the best I'll, I'll give you how Scotty real does it, man. The best way to tell if the weed's ready to be cured or not is to roll joints out of it. I used to tell my wife all the time, I'm doing this for work. Yeah. You remember that one time, though, I brought up some real good cured up stuff and you were like, uh, Man, this just isn't done, you know, because it was like soft. The, the flowers sure. were softer, but that was more because of such a good curing process and the, uh, you know, we'll call it the, the icky sticky up on the flowers. It kept it so I like my flowers how they don't crumple apart when you push on them a little bit. They right. give. They want to spring give back. A little. And yeah, sometimes that uh, is hard to pull off. So we got another grow question here, just hot off hot off the presses, man. Yeah, what you got, man? <laughs> um from one of our, our our listeners here basically he uh he wanted to comment and uh let me see if i can find it while i'm thumbing on my smartphone do you have elevator music you can queue up or can you show us some new fun things microbes uh, microbes microbes micro 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 off of your soundboard oh yeah man here we go ready america loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking <laughs> what is i don't know man it's that yeah i don't know Hey, 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 dude. Get in. Put on this gymnastics uniform. You know? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I don't know what that one means, man, but I had to have <laughs> it, man. All right. Well, we got a, uh, now that you've bought me some awesome time uh, from one of our Alaskan listeners, congrats on the legalization, of course. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, maybe. Uh, congrats on getting less rights. <laughs> what is your opinion? What do you mean? As far as less rights, I get to grow. Yeah, I believe that they got to grow perfectly fine before. It was just decriminalized. True. Okay. They got to grow 30 plants instead of six. 
All right, I'll throw the grow questions out. What is your opinion of mulching for organic grows? Do it or don't. So mulching, I'm going to assume he's talking about adding your choice of like a top dress on top of a container maybe or if you grow. And as far as I know what mulching, the biggest benefit, because I tell people to mulch their bamboo all the time, it keeps moisture in the soil. Yeah, and it can help in a multitude of ways. Is like a good there can be there's a mulch mix with, uh, for example, Down to Earth is a brand that has some different. They have a worm compost I like to mulch with. It's not straight worm castings, but a worm compost. It's twelve dollars a bag. For yeah, we're kind of murky, getting murky between uh, mulching and top dressing at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, like mulching. What, is uh, what? Yeah. What else could you be doing though for mulching? I mean, yeah. But, yeah, definitely. But I think the idea of mulching outdoors is you're keeping, you know, because the sun gets, you know, it's real hot in the summer. That water wants to evaporate right out of the soil. So it's got that layer of mulch to keep the water from evaporating. Yeah, and that'll I, help outdoor and indoor yeah, too. So if you have too if, hot if of a garden. you're having that problem or your growth style, you know, you know, is going to lead to that type of problem, sure, you're well, you know, you can mulch. But the, the biggest benefit of mulch is that. Or the other benefit, I should say, is that it slow releases these organic compounds. You know, it slow releases, dare I say, microbes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, you know what I mean? They all live in that mulch. And then as you water it in, it gives them a good home. And it also, you know, it's, it's a slow release form of, of you know, if you have a, a, a mulch that has, you know, some that's not totally inert. Yeah. And either way, it's multiple benefits. I mean, that's why I like it, because most mulches. You're going to leach through some goodness when you water in. Um, yeah, but for indoor cannabis gardening, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I just I, top dress my plants. Sure with, shit ain't going to hurt. No. You know? No. And you might get some of the mulches out there if you're going with a compost style mulch or worm. I would be using the. Uh, Wait the, a minute, man. That mulch is going to bring fungus gnats yes, like a you motherfucker. Got it. Exactly. Man. Hang on a you're second. On the, you're, on the, you're, you're, you're hearing me. Um, <laughs> I was going to say you're on the you're on the tip of my tongue. But it just sounded wrong, so Ew. you're hearing me. Uh, yeah, I use the uh, use the Bacillus thuringiensis israelius. The microbe lift is my product. It's a liquid delivery of that uh, bacteria larvae, I think. But it attacks the fungus gnats in a, a very natural, friendly way, and will keep them at bay if not completely eliminated. So yeah, I'd say no on the mulch, man. I'd say yes. So that's why we have to uh, have the Jude Grow Show. Don't you think we're going to have a whole shitload of... I mean, he's already having fungus gnats in there, right? Um, I don't know, but you can get... I mean, anything. Fungus it ain't gnats. A miracle Open up cure. a bag of Roots Organics potting soil. you got some fungus gnats. Yeah, definitely. It's a good mix, but you just plan ahead to, to deal I'd with I'd rather them. keep the top inch of my soil dry. And that way to, to avoid all those creepy crawlies, man. I mean, if you're an, if you're an organic grower, just, just plan on dealing with fungus gnats and they are uh, i mean they are somewhat of a nuisance but once you deal with them they're done you just always use a little bit of a, a, a preventative ipm and it's not a worry so ipm integrated pest management they're factors for pathogens man all right let's his next question what is your preferred method of feeding organics do you like top feeding or super soils so i like top feeding i, I like top feeding too but i'm not a pure organics guy you know, I top feed my organics in as a little bit of dessert. I find using the liquid organic nutrients um, is definitely uh, can be a little messy on the bottle and on your measuring tools, but gives you more control as a grower over uh, instead of a super soil. If you got a super soil dialed in, the benefit there is it's makes your work a little bit less. You're not. That's a big if if you've got a super soil dialed. You in. know, 
you, you could know? have that buddy. They could have that really good recipe that works out. And, you know, it, the one problem with the super soils is even if it works out for one guy, he might have a strain that's a lot more hungry than yours. That's what I mean. Even if you've got that soil dialed, the super soil dialed in for that particular strain. Yeah. That so, particular grow room, those particular amount of light size pots. Now, I like enriched soils. And to me, an enriched soil is a soil that has some worm in it. It has maybe some alfalfa in it. It has trace amounts of uh, glacial rock dust. But a super soil to me is like a lot of that shit. Like it's worked in. Um, and once it's worked in, you can't get it out. But I'm not totally against it if you, if you if you're using the strain, if you're learning from somebody and you're using the right genetics that can really guide you. But be very careful. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely uh, top feed myself. Yeah, so. man. <laughs> uh, lastly, oh, here's two, actually two quick more blue mots, blue mots. If you guys don't know what blue mots are, it's like this auto watering device like it wicks it kind of senses it is, when moisture man. is needed yeah it, it uses a ceramic it has like a ceramic base to it but he wants a response blue mots like them or hate them i fucking I, you know when i was doing organics i liked them the problem with blue mots is they'll keep your soil at a perfect moisture level all the time they, they'll sense when it's a little bit dry and they'll just this little diaphragm will open up and bloop 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 it'll drip a couple drops on there till it's not dry anymore they're really fucking cool but you can't feed nutrient in them so if you're a salt you know if you're doing super soil blue monts are fucking awesome man i'll say man I don't like them or hate them. I just don't use them. Unnecessary piece of grow equipment for my garden. I water by hand. Always have almost other than when I was in hydro systems. See, Blue Monts are the evolution of the octopots, man. For me, I started I was going on vacation all the time. So vacation. My ass was going to work, man. But I was leaving, and I need, every time I'd come home, my plants would be dead from lack of water, man. There is nothing more frustrating than having your garden. You have to start from fucking scratch because somebody didn't understand how to say how to know when a plant was was thirsty all right all right so yeah i set up these 55 gallon drums with these blue months but the only problem is is that it, it the problem is it kept the plant perfectly moist with only water so now anytime you're adding fertilizer to it you know saying you're not in a super soil anytime you're adding fertilizer you're overwatering the plant so it was difficult the way that I grow, really bombing them with nutrient, to uh, to to get them to get with the gro- to get the growth rates that I was used to. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, what do you uh, for what? organics? I'll bet that is for organics slash super soil. I'll bet you they're fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. Last part of his question: What do you guys think of uh, autos? He was looking to do some uh, outdoor, and uh, auto uh, basically. What do you think of it? Uh, fucking awesome, man. I got a buddy that's rocking autos right now, man. Gets a fuck. Every, for each gallon of pot that he uses, you know, meaning if you got a three gallon pot, a five gallon pot, he's getting that many ounces of finished product in 72 days after breaking ground, man. Actually, Hank, I gave you a whole bunch of his videos, man. We got to put those up, man. This motherfucker's doing incredible <laughs> shit with auto flowers. I, I like them too. It depends on, uh, for me, and autos are ever evolving here. Definitely want um, solid advice on, you know, somebody hands you a handful of seeds. I think there's some autos in there. Be careful. Oh, jeez. But, uh, I hate when people hand you seeds and tell you you have to do work on them. If you cross <laughs> them one more time, they'll be like, what? 
Hey, yeah. real quick, man. Just one simple thing about autos. They hate to be transplanted. You have to plant the seed or, you know, plant them in the pot that they're going to finish in. So you plant them in a five-gallon hempy bucket, blammo, man. You're kicking ass, dude. Nice. And I, what I noticed about them, and I don't know, obviously they're probably changing this too as we speak, but what uh, somewhat limiting, I could definitely think if I can only grow six plants, I'm going to get a bit more weight out of growing trees out of regular genetics. I think autos somewhat are limited to how big you can grow them because they just decide oh, to flower. completely limited, man. They, so. Like yeah. yeah, did you did you know did you see any autos that like they don't typically don't grow like monstrous now, right? They're big and strong, man. I mean, I've seen a two and a half, three foot. I, I have it on video, man. I, yeah. You know, I, I we'll, we'll we'll release these videos this week. Um, How tall? Maybe two and a half, three foot tall at the most. No, two and a half foot tall. So there's the only reason I necessarily wouldn't go with autos if you're somebody that needs yield full. Like if you want as much yield as possible, and you have to deal with plant count. Right. I don't think autos are the answer for you. I don't know. Think about this, though, man. You get you put an auto up every 60, every 65 days, you're, you know, or whatever, maybe 70 days, we'll say. Where you live in, not in Alaska outside. What do you mean, as far as the growing season? You, autos you leave in ti- indoors all day long, man. Oh, well, I, you can't. He had mentioned outdoor in this particular oh, gotcha. question. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just know that autos indoors, man, you just leave them with 24-hour light cycle. You feed them really fucking light, man. They don't use a lot of nutrient. I know here in Colorado, people in different areas are trying to pull off the two har- like do the two harvest of autos in one outdoor season, which is possible if everything cooperates. You know, because you got, yeah, definitely two, uh, two 60-day windows. I think you could do it, but it would be a little stressful. Man, we need to get a boy Hank on for an interview, man. He's the auto flower man. Heck, yeah. Breeder Hank. <laughs> well, let's take a break before we got come back with uh, what's going on in our grows. And uh, after that, we put putting it in the bag, yo. Uh, but, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more grow, of course, as we do on the Dude Grow Show. And uh, come over and hang out. Give us some comments. Hit up dudegrows.com. And uh, we'll be back after this short break. Green coffee extract. A short smoke out, I should say. <laughs> Come on, man. Or chill this motherfucker out. What's going on? And our grows. Our own our own grows kicking. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. Scotty, why don't you take it away? What, what you said earlier you were talking about some uh some veggies. Yeah, just looking. Sometimes I wonder what my grow would look like when they kick in my front door and start judging me. You well, know? I'd have to ask. I mean, like I was saying earlier, veggies, Any for me, any veggies that require fruit production, like that's stealing too much light from my buds. But I could see doing some side, some micro greens, some leafy greens maybe. Definitely. You know what? You honestly know a bit more about this than I do, man, so I'm looking for some suggestions. But, yeah, I'm looking for some lower light type of things. That I could just enjoy, man. It's a pain in the ass going and buying, you know, $4, $5 per pound fruit that's sprayed with pesticides. Man, I was doing a recharge commercial recently, and I was, you know, I was doing a, a video, and I was looking for some, some photographs. Uh, and I, what I saw was so disturbing, man. It was an, a strawberry field, a field full of strawberries, and they were red. They were ready to be picked. And it said, no entrar. 
uh, and it had the it had the uh, skull and crossbones on there, and they spray said pesticide application with red strawberries ready to be picked. They sprayed a fucking pesticide on there, man. Oh man, nasty! I, I thought mean, it was gonna be something like to hold them, like I don't know, to preserve them until they get to market or something. Which no, probably- man. I mean, I was I was just like, oh my, you know, I'll pay the extra buck for the organic strawberries. They got me, <laughs> man. You know, uh, so shit like that has really got me wondering. They test these pesticides they test uh uh food all the time for pesticides and guess what man it registers off the fucking chart man it's out there yeah what? Well, you gotta you know, the same thing as if is as the weed growers that are spraying whatever they got to spray on there so the mites don't eat it man what do, what do you think that's unique to cannabis if they're doing it for you know 200 dollars an ounce cannabis they're certainly doing it for you know five dollar a pound lettuce man all right, do you have any weed-related what's going on in your grow? I do, man. Bring I figured it. out my Achilles heel, man. You know, I'm always trying. I decided that my new goal is to get it to where I can set up a system and let it run remotely until I click the lights over from uh, the complete veg period. I don't even need to be there, man. What? Yep, I'll show up, click the lights back, and you know, maybe show up once every 10 days after that, man. I am perfecting the complete fucking remote grows, man. They have to do it with the <laughs> octopots. They have to do with huge two and 300-gallon reservoirs. And they have to do with... How often do I have to visit my grow? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm getting bored, man. My grow's automatic these days, man. But uh, <laughs> the only Achilles heel is this... You, have, you rely on a float valve. And if the float valve gets clogged up, with you know some funk growing in your nutrient and it clogs up your float valve that is the achilles heel you're dead you, you know the the water stops dripping in everything stops working so what i managed to do is i i managed to hook up multiple float valves i've got i've basically tied the whole room together instead of having two separate reservoirs for two separate systems i tied all the systems together but let them run off two reservoirs scaring me man that's two separate float valves so now even if one float valve anytime you guys are doing deep water culture something deep water culture or something like that you have to rely on a float valve to maintain your water level Consider that you can put two of them in there, two separate slave reservoirs, two separate reservoirs, and two separate float valves, meaning that you have an opportunity for one to go down. You've got duplicitous uh, mechanical action going on. You've duplicitous mechanical action with dual float valves. That might have been the weed talk in there, man. (laughs) I can't remember what they call it, but you've got uh, two things that are uh, redundancy, damn it. Okay. That was the word I was looking for. You have mechanical redundancy there. So there's two things. Those float valves are doing the same job. If one of them fails, you have the other one to back you up, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. So, I mean, the goal here is to be in the garden as little as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super (laughs) proud. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking for shit to bring me down there, man. Yeah. Those octopots, like I said, the complaint on them is it's kind of boring, man, you know, because <laughs> you don't have to water your plants anymore. What the fuck are you going to do in the garden? It's, do what I do. Smoke a joint. It's too easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, do the test. Jeez. The test is to go down in the garden and, you know, yeah. spend the time to smoke a full J over about 25 minutes. And if you don't find anything to do, then, yes, you have... You're doing pretty good. I mean, like I said, I bought the fogger. I go in there and I fog a whole shitload. You know, I'm doing foliars. But come on, man. I got six plants and six plants in veg. I mean, 
it don't take that long. I go down there, you know, I like to hang out there most nights. <laughs> yeah, I, I typically find something to do, but I hear you. I mean, especially in larger gardens, large scale, I mean, there's always something to do, at least on the level of maintenance or just straight up work. But, you know, so one day, I don't know, I got my three lights hanging up on the bloom side. And so, sometimes it's just so dialed. I, like, I'll go in there. I need to, I know what I need to do. I need to make room for like a cool tiki type chair to sit in there with like an IPA and a J and just be my meditation room. I did it a <laughs> month ago, man. All right. But I don't, I, I don't have the room. That's that much room in there in the valuable plant area. But. Hey, I really did try that about a month ago. The thought occurred to me. I was like, well, I'll just hang out in here. If I'm comfortable in here, that is a good rule of thumb. If you're comfortable in your grow room, then your plants are comfortable. If you're hanging out in your grow room and you're sweating your balls off and you're going, I got to get the fuck out of this thing, man. It is hot as hell in there, man. But there is truth to be said. Just like when uh, Yeager from Gravita Lighting was on, man, people underestimate the amount. I mean, if you're if you're enriching with CO2, the amount of heat in veg, at least, these plants can take. Granted, there can be negative side effects, but, man, you can rock a garden between 85 and 88 in veg all day long as Definitely. long as you got them happy and see crazy accelerated. Uh, but you should be able to work in a room 85 to 88 degrees Without, I'm talking, sometimes you're in rooms that are mid-90s, you're pouring sweat, you feel like you're working out in the in the midsummer heat, you know what I mean? And you're just like, yeah. well, yeah, I get it. It's <laughs> And the plants usually, a lot of times, they'll stretch or they'll have heat stress, they'll herm. There's all sorts of weird shit that happens then, man. What, uh, anything else you got, you got? going on in your grow that was pretty good i'll take it i like yeah, it yeah i don't think so man like i said <laughs> just been chilling man too been busy help, podcasting been helping your ass out with your grow man which yeah. is pretty did, damn beautiful we did get some trimming going on there did you post yeah man you got to post some of those videos up man yeah trimming is uh trimming, yeah i do have some really good ones to post up here those will be up up shortly and uh i will announce it but uh yeah outdoors pretty much done man uh I got one plant out there hanging out, the sour relief. You still have that bitch hanging oh, out yeah. there? I got to put the heater on. Isn't when it I November, home. man? Yeah, it, it's it's going through the – I mean, even though I still want to keep pushing it, it's just the temperatures aren't allowing me. I do have somewhat climate controlled. I have the poly little greenhouse over it, and I run uh, a 1,000 and a 600 watt over it for heat if it's a cold day. And at night, I have a heater, so it doesn't drop really below uh, upper 30s, 39 in there at night, and it's fine for the plant. But I started flushing it because it's like there's no way I'm going to finish it the way I want to without those, you know, warmer awake temperatures during the day. It just doesn't perform when it's cooler. So that'll be coming down soon. And then the outdoor, we'll just get the debate on about what we're going to do next season. I don't think we're going to rock the Tiki Hut style. I really want the full-on. You need a full-on greenhouse. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, OG Dirtbag chimed in uh, OG on, on your on your little uh, you want to heat the floor of the greenhouse and he says you will spend a fucking fortune trying to heat that floor man yeah yeah we'll have to see I am yeah I'm not setting. heating the ground at least <laughs> with traditional means you know without like geothermal or something sounds uh, a bit expensive man. Yes, I'm going to heat the ground. Yeah, man. Hey, wait, they do that, though. Remember all the rich guys? I, when I came to Colorado a couple of years ago, I noticed in the really good neighborhoods, they didn't have to shovel their driveways or their sidewalks, man. The snow just didn't seem to fall there, and I found out they had heated driveways and heated walkways in those neighborhoods, man. <laughs> right on. Yeah, man. Burn <laughs> That's a like a more yeah, fossil man. fuel, baby. When you go up and hang out in Vail here and see all the money that's spent, you're like, how is there just no 
Like there was just a snowstorm. Like, oh yeah, everything, all the ground is heated. Yeah. I think the streets are heated. Uh, literally in some areas of Vale. Uh, what else is? Take it to the indoor, man. The indoor. Uh, is, take it to the house. Is doing great. I just got the uh, the eight bulb, eight bulb. It, it is an eight bulb, eight bulb T five, set up in my veg, my perfect little uh, area. That's where hey, I did, use my did, exhale bag too. So did Hortolux come out with those new T fives yet, man? Tyler was talking the shit out of those up, man. I don't think so yet. Uh, we definitely get our hands on them when they yeah, come out. Yeah, definitely. Be new new T five bulbs uh, by Hortolux, which are going to be uh, uh, somewhat, according to his words, like to- totally different thing. Yeah, yeah it was a real horticultural product, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I have a uh, yeah maintaining about seven hundred parts per million. The first thing I did notice though when I got the indoor going on a veg again with this time of year is I had a zero a big fat goose egg on my humidity gauge Nuh-uh. in my bedroom. I've had it in single digits before, man. When you it's because the plants were dry, they were ready to be watered, and then when you water it, it fluctuates up a little bit. Uh, but basically, then I took it to uh, get my humidifier in there, which uh, Sunlight Supply carries one. It's like a 200, I think a 200-something dollar humidifier. And I like freaking Walmart, Mickey Mouse stuff. And then this is plugged into a Hume 1, which is a, an old RM Supply cap controller. Real simple. All it does is control my humidity. Yeah, so, I've tried using those little wimpy humidifiers, and it's like nothing's happening. Man. Yeah, it just missed, just dissipating. Yeah, look to your grow store, man, for environmental controls they've usually done the job of finding what's out there finding something they know that we're cost can be our price can price sensitive and bringing you something that's gonna work that's gonna last to the market yeah with so, the environmental control for sure and that, like yeah. so that's expensive ass but that humidifier will do up to i think like a 10 by 10 room it when it comes on it's just like oh you can see this it's like one of those ones you get from Walmart times like 15. Right. Fogs out the whole area. It's awesome. It takes it up to like 70% humidity, but it doesn't stay there too long. See, I just show up with my fogger, my remote fogger once every once or twice a day, man. Yeah, and the reason we want to do that, guys, don't forget, is because, I mean, mites don't like humidity. Mites like it dry and hot. Right. Um, as well as just the plants don't like it super dry either. Sure, they'll still grow. They'll put on leaves. They'll look pretty happy. But when you have them in the right environment... Like I always like to say, they are partying. Yeah, remember I said that in Florida, the air conditioning uh, will pull your humidity down. You know, it's high humidity, and it'll pull it down to maybe 50% at best, 55%. I never saw a mite. However many years of gardening I had in Florida indoors, never saw a mite. I didn't know what they were. We had white flies. We never had mites, man. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Well, white flies. That's scary. Usually don't see those. I haven't dealt with those I've too much here. I've smoked white flies before, man. They oh, don't my work, God. Yeah. Right on. Smoked them with probably some other stuff on them. But that I came out said, here snowboarding I mean, with you one time, man. Asked a buddy to watch the garden, and he just didn't know how to react to the white flies. Man, I came back to decimated plants from can, white yeah, flies, they can man. Breed that super ain't no quick. joke, man. Once they get going. Because they, of heat. If you got nice heat in the room, those bugs multiply like crazy well, when i do i'm peeking out right now at 90 in my bedroom but mm-hmm. i do have the right humidity and the right uh co2 and they're, sure. they're loving it they're part i mean i'm overusing party and what else could they be doing in there they're growing well, there we go that's the right adjective right Diggity, man <laughs> hey, we never use growing I mean, we they're never growing use that. turbo so and i have them spaced out which is nice i have them all 
about you know the vanilla kush i got from you is probably the one that'll go to the bloom room first and, and that is a good uh what you just said really is important remember you were dissing on me because i had spider mites and you were looking at my plants and you were like there's shit that you could be doing man well one of the things that i really didn't consider until you said something was really spacing the plants out which mine are spaced out but cleaning them up so they're not these big dense bushes where air can't get to or and, as well as your spray applications you know yeah, your spray applications can't get to them when there's just leaves on top of leaves on top of leaves man yeah that's that's one of the number one newbie mistakes is not cutting away enough plant material and yep. really taking control over getting rough I love cutting plant material in front of noobs because it looks like I'm like <laughs> stealing their children or something that like that. That happened to me one time. This guy <laughs> came over and he's like, all right, I don't know if you want to stay in the room. He's giving me like a, I was just switching to 12-12 in flower and he just, you know, all right, I'm going to do this about three times throughout the flowering. Just took so much off, but I didn't lose any yield. So right, you really got to learn about, about pruning. So right, let's get ready to put this thing in the bag. Yeah, there, my green Real. coffee stuff is wearing off anyhow, man. I did want to say uh, there is a sale, of course, new month, new sale at All the Way to Grows called the Black November Sale, which is all month long. And starting off with not my favorite recommendation, but what were those, 12 packs of butane? Um, it looks like Whip It. Uh, 300 mil cans five times refined i believe is the right wording oh, who the fuck cares man well, we you really can get that for 19 dollars all month long <laughs> um other than that some this are i like this is kind of like the common man deals you want a two pack of fiskers uh 19 now we're talking man those things are awesome I, you know what i've seen that they have here now is a sharpener for those what we're talking about is i was actually cutting something a, a little bit yesterday and i was using traditional scissors and i'll be damned if after, I don't know, five minutes of using these scissors, it's like almost starts bruising around your pinky. You know, it's just the scissors really aren't agronomically designed. Am I saying that correctly? To use for more than, you know, 30 seconds at a time. I think so, it's ergo ergonomical. Good. Well, fucking and look at me being the dude here, man. Anyway, uh, those spring loaded scissors, man, those things you can cut for hours with, man. Yeah, definitely work well. They also have uh, the the bullet. They're called grease bully gloves. Eleven dollars for a box of glove. There's at least fifty in there. I don't know how many. A lot. And uh, yeah, basically, that I just if you're if you don't harvest with gloves, you you got to work harder for your hands because the hand that is holding the flower, not the scissor hand, which you can on the scissor right. hand. I always wear a glove. Helps a ton. I never wear gloves, man. <laughs> you just eat, lick your fingers when you're done. Yeah, you know what I do? I rub my hands together at the end and I say, you know what that is right there? That's hash. If you guys do use Hygrozyme, their enzyme, good enzyme, uh, all the sizes up to the 20 liter is on sale. The most popular size, I'll guess, is their uh, one liter. It's $10 off, $11 off at $24. So good deals on Hygrozyme if you need to stock up. There's one thing I'll say about enzymes is they work really good with microbes. Yes. Uh, cocoa Grow, 1.75 cubic foot bag of good cocoa from Botanigair, 12 bucks. Can't beat that. And I think this last one, I think it's a, it's a four cubic foot bag of perlite for $13. Seems pretty good deal if if you need some perlite. You ever have a leaky bag of perlite before? Uh, follow the trail. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Follow the trail. <laughs> oh, those are pretty good deals though, man. I'm gonna pick up, pick me up some perlite, man. Yeah, and then Black. Is it always Friday? Is it Black Friday? Think- you know, it's Black Friday, but they're just saying 
cry two tears in a bucket, fuck it, and it's Black November, man, the whole month, man. I think it is Black Friday that that other store opens in the mountains. Oh, sorry, man. And then, uh, yeah, other deals out there, of course, if you like, when we do talk about any any of Growmore's additives of our preference, they're over on realgrowers.com, straight-up gardening site, not plant-specific for some of y'all out there. And, uh, yeah, hook up. I, I'm, I've been using Growmore additives now for just about a year. And I solid so uh, way solid so solid. I'm thinking I've you know, Jacob's a fan of the show. He's a friend of the show. He donates a, a a lot of nutrients to us, and he comes on and donates his time, dropping serious science, man. I mean, he is a true formulator, and he is a true chemist, man. So I love talking to him. Uh, he's been telling me that folks are killing it. There's 700 light grows out here in Denver that are killing it just using his three-part base. That's basically, the, they call it the Lucas formula is how they're using it, and that means you only use two of the three parts at a time. You use the grow and the micro during veg, and then I believe, if I, I have been 15 years since I've done the Lucas method, but I believe then it's the bloom and the micro you use during during bloom. So that's how you use that three part like Lucas synthetic and three part base. It's inexpensive because you're yeah, I mean it's just really inexpensive. You know, the three part base that he's got looks very similar to the GH three part. Only two parts. I only like two parts. Actually in our in the organic growing and the natural growing I've been rotating between I guess you'd call it a one part grow and bloom. Like the soul synthetics is a one part grow and bloom. Roots or organ- or think um, about that fish, man. You could grow shit with just that five one one fish. That's fish there's on your one own. part right there. For sure, that's you why know, I, organic I, one part veg. I do like their additives. If you guys want to check them out, see what they got on uh, realgrowers.com. Yeah, and we definitely throw a lot of love right now. I've got a whole bunch of uh, uh, Supreme Growers kelp that I'm throwing in when folks order. So just just a whole bunch of good stuff I got, man. So we're. Understand that y'all are fans and that y'all are trying to support us, and we are trying to show the love. Yeah, back speaking to y'all, of the man. support, I want to give a, a shout out to. Uh, uh, I'm not going to throw the name in there, but uh, just use know, his last name. You know who you are, the Alaska listener, man. We just got somebody that donated as we were recording, forty two dollars. Thanks, we really appreciate that, guys. Keeps a, keeps a spark in us, and uh, we know we're we're going places from here for yeah, sure. I get to order more stuff for the soundboard, man. <laughs> it it sounds like it might need a few more things, guys. <laughs> Are you going to take us out with any of your soundboard sounds? No, man. I'll 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 leave you guys wanting, man. I'll right, update leave you guys it. wanting. Here you go, man. Yeah, I got one for you. Decriminalize pot in Florida. There you <laughs> go, buddy. There you All go. Right, and we'll that's the way I feel. That's episode 48, guys. Uh, go to that Indo Expo if you're here in the Colorado, Denver area. Yeah, come say what's up to us, man. Let's potty, man. We will definitely be hanging out there. We'll give you another update. I think we'll have another show out before that. If yeah. not, we'll be walking around. Not sure if we're going to have a table set up yet or we'll just be out mobile with our mics getting content and, and knowledge for all you guys out there that love the show. So that being said, let's put it in the bag, yo. Come on, put it in, yo. Yo, take that little nug out the bag before you put it away. Yes. Come on. I got it. Let's get high. (laughs) Peace out, y'all.